in the museum. Four fake nerds gather to face their greatest fear. Myself, Brandon T. McClure, whose greatest fear is Alex Kurtzman directing Green Lantern. Ben Magnet, who fears Sonic getting canceled. <laughs> Ryan Eliopoulos, who fears Brett Ratner directing Swamp Thing. Oh my god. Sparkplug Wickowitty, who fears Tom Holland getting killed in Spider-Man 2. So come join them as they dive into their fears and discuss it. After all, we all float down here. <laughs> you float too. You float too. <laughs> Stop it. Hey guys, we're the Fake Nerd Guys. Yeah, what up? Welcome to the Fake Nerd Podcast, episode 62. Hell yeah, let's get spooky and old. Spoopy. Spoopy and old. Spoopify me. Uh, before we get to the spooks, hi everyone. Hey guys. Hi. Hey. How's it going? How have you guys been? I've been all right. Yeah? Been yeah. good. All right. I'm not dead. Well, I guess that's a, that's a positive, <laughs> that right? That is a positive, yeah. Can't complain, I guess. And we'll discuss why a little bit later in the show. Oh. Involves <laughs> killer clowns? <laughs> I think. Supernatural killer clowns? Yeah. yeah. Guys, I've been playing... So much Destiny 2. Oh, my goodness. It's a good game. Spoiler alert. It's a good game. You should buy it. I'm so glad I I decided to get Hulu because there's so much Mobile Suit Gundam on there. Oh. I'm so happy. I'm you still watch- watching it? Um, I finished Double O. I'm watching uh, the 08th Mobile Suit Team. The 08th? The, o- the 8th Mobile Suit Team. Oh, Mobile is Suit. Mobile Suit Gundam Wing on Hulu? It is. Ooh. Yeah, I need I need to finish that. <laughs> I'm halfway through it for some reason. I'm like, ooh, double O. I'm gonna watch that too. That's that's a tempting reason to get Hulu. Yeah, right. That's yeah, the right? reason why I got Hulu in the Man. first place was because there's Mobile Suit Gundam Wing on there. Love that show. Is there has there ever been like good Mobile Suit Gundam like comic books? I know like 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 manga or um, something. But, like no, like, not American comic books. ass American ass comic American comics. No, no. But luckily we can still get the original manga run of Mobile Suit Gundam. It's in very nice hardcovers called Mobile Suit Gundam: The Origin. Ooh. It's like eight or more volumes, but the thing is they're thirty dollars a piece. That's that's really cheap, actually. Thirty bucks. That's pretty good for a manga volume. I thought you said it was like eight volumes. No, 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 no. Well, eight volumes in total. Oh, never mind. Just kidding. Yeah. I thought you meant like it was like eight, like eight trays for thirty bucks. Like, no. <laughs> well, although you could get the Death Note all in one for like forty bucks. That's status announced. That. That's pretty yeah. Cool, that's right? pretty cool. Yeah. That's cool. What about you, uh, baby Brandon? What have you been up to? Oh, I've been working. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I just, I just don't too. sleep. I just, I just. You know. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I tried to do a couple more things uh, this week, but it just didn't, didn't really work out. Yeah, I just okay. kept working. Sparky Sparks, what up? Hey, you know what I did this week? What you do? No, that's what we're asking. <laughs> oh, oh, well, hey man, you guys remember Kong Skull Island? Yeah, I love yeah. that movie. I do. Yeah, I totally, I totally watched the Honest trailer where the director totally ripped his own movie. <laughs> yeah, did you guys see that? that? Yeah, awesome. I saw that, that too. Is so cool, man. That was awesome. It's after all the cinema and stuff happened. Yeah, uh, I don't think we ever talked about it. Or did no, we it? we didn't. We didn't touch yeah. on that. <clears throat> Uh, well, yeah, but at the but at the end of the video, he mentioned that they had actually planned it well in advance of that happening. Yeah, at yeah. Comic-Con, yeah, yeah. They they had, they, had, they, were, they had flat out asked on videos like, "Do you want to write it?" And like, yeah. yeah. And then this whole Cinema Sins thing happened, which uh-huh. I I agree with with Jordan Boy yeah. Roberts on the Cinema Sins yeah, thing. I, I agree. Yeah, uh, uh, Screen Junkies is a lot uh, more like uh, uh, like uh, in, in cheeky in tongue, and also yeah. like still they still like the movie. Yeah, they're not oh, yeah. mean spirited yeah, about no it. Reason. I mean, yeah. come on, Michael Bolton. Oh, that's pretty good. I mean, he he sings about Game of Thrones. On Did you see what they that, the, like? They were like, "We may have lost the Emmys, but we're sitting next to Michael Bolton." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's pretty good. Uh, that was really cool. Also, that director's beard. It's, it's great. It's beautiful. It's like Gandalf. That is yeah. the guy who's making. I'm sorry. Metal Gear. I'm solid. sorry that that the announcement wasn't a Metal Gear. Guys, no. so yeah, he's like, "Hey, I'm making this cool sci-fi video game thing," and everyone's freaking out that it's Metal Gear. And, and he like, repeatedly said it's not Metal Gear. Yeah, and then, and so immediately, but even like, you were like, "It's got to be Metal Gear." What could what, not? What could it be? It, like and. and <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. It was a Destiny trailer. The, the second cool. I saw that, I'm thinking I could hear Ryan's heartbreak from all the way in Chile. I was ready to cry. I was so ready to cry for a trailer. I didn't get it. That's fine. It's, it's like sorry, if you buddy. listen really, qu- if you listen. On I a tried very, to warn you. I know. It's okay. No, Brennan. It's like if you listen on a very quiet night, you could still you could hear Ryan cry. Metal Gear, Metal Gear. You can hear it now. 
<laughs> this is all the way to uh, Hills. <laughs> yeah, fun. let's get into the, let's get into some of the meat of the episode real quick. Meat? Bef- no. Before we get into the Not news, no meat. Before we get into the news, we have some pretty tragic news. Oh yeah. To oh, yeah. Uh, to divulge uh, earlier today it was yeah. it was released that great that a great comic book legend mm-hmm. has passed away at the age of sixty nine, Len Wein. Yeah, dude. The creator of Swamp Thing and Wolverine, primarily. Uh, Colossus, Storm, Nightcrawler, many X Men, like all characters. the new X Men from Amanda like, Waller, yeah. the like, Thorn in the side for the Justice the, League. The, the 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 list of characters that he created is so long, and his his, his legacy will be forever felt uh, with comic books. I've met him, a, I've seen him a couple times, uh, and each time he always looks so. Uh, I was surprised he was sixty nine because yeah. he looked older. Yeah, he was definitely uh, sickly in his, in his the yeah. last couple of years. You know what? Yeah. I actually had the pleasure of talking to him at a panel once. Uh, it was at the, one of the very first Long Beach cons I went to. I was doing another show back then, and I was talking to him and Scott Liddell. And I even asked, I asked both of them, I was like, "Oh, Scott Liddell." Yeah, but I was really happy about Len uh, Wein was there because I asked him, I "Was like, how would you feel if somehow DC starts doing Netflix shows and they pick Swamp Thing as one of their shows?" And he straight up says like, "Oh, that'd be rad. I I can't do anything about it, yeah, but yeah. that'd be cool." Yeah, because like he's because he was work for hire. Swamp Thing isn't owned by him. Unfortunately, yeah. uh, and a lot of uh, comic pros are talking about this on Twitter. He was kind of forgotten. Uh, unfortunately, he created a lot of good things in the '70s and '80s, but afterwards, like his legacy is always there. But like the industry well, itself, kind of well, but that's the thing. Him over because he. Because the characters that he created were defined by other writers. Yeah. yeah. You know, Swamp Thing famously is defined by Alan, Alan Moore. Yeah. Uh, Chris Claremont defined Wolverine. But those he, characters wouldn't be there without him. And, right. and, and even though, and dude, I'm the guy with the Swamp Thing tattoo. Like, trust me, like, I, today was a. He was also. also uh, he edited Watchmen. Of, he edited Watchmen. Yeah, I have, I have both those tattoos. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, the essence of what those characters have become uh, was there from the beginning. Um, with Wolverine, with Swamp Thing, with all those characters. And it's about, I saw great Twitter responses. He is really good at, at encompassing uh, monsters becoming men. All his characters, Swamp Thing, Wolverine, Colossus, those are all people who have shells, you know, of, 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 uh, of trying to hide from people in certain ways. And he dealt with monsters with heart better than anyone. Right. And um, he came back to Swamp Thing uh, a couple, like two, a year or two ago, and it's it wasn't the best. Well, but again, that goes back to he didn't define he didn't, who Swamp no, Thing and was. He was just writing what he knew 40 years ago. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I will always... The weirdest thing is that Marv Wolfman came back to a character he created, and it was still good. Yeah. Yeah. Raven. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, uh, speaking of Teen Titans, though, Len Wein created Starfire. Dude, yeah, like his, that's what I mean. Like his legacy, like even though like he didn't create like the, the arc for all these characters, he created all of them. Yeah. And like, unfortunately, not a lot of people remember him for that. And and I think it's only, unfortunately, with most, art, most artists, the things you, you love and remember aren't remembered until they're gone. Right. And yeah. everyone's looking in the introspective look now. It's crazy. Sparks, do you want to, do you want to jump in on this? Yeah, I mean, I agree with what you guys are saying. It's a, it's a loss, and it's you know something where we're just gonna have to try and remember him through the characters he was able to create. Yeah, yeah. let that live on that way. The one thing that I was hoping to say was, um, I also like the fact that he's an icon for both DC and Marvel of the both of the big two, because like with Stanley, he's Marvel with um, uh, Bob Kane, Bill Finger, and Jerry Siegel, Joe Schuster. They're like solely DC. They didn't do anything else on the other side. Well, it's like Kirby. You know, yeah. Kirby defined uh, cosmic for both mm-hmm. Marvel and DC. Yeah. yeah, arguably his Marvel cosmic stuff is better. Yeah. And yeah. Like, Double dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> but still, Len Wein, he did um, Swamp Thing and he did Wolverine. He also created Starfire. He created all these great characters. Right, but I think his most famous creation is a Marvel character. It's Wolverine, Wolverine, yeah. Wolverine. Most, most definitely, yeah. yeah. 
uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's truly a, a sad, sad day. I, I got to meet him street. at WonderCon this year, and uh, and he was very sickly, and his yeah. whole family was there. But like, even talked to him saying, "Hey, man, thanks for creating a, I, I have something that I have tattooed on my body for the rest of my life. Like, thank you." And he seemed like really sincere and really sweet about it. Yeah. Uh, and it, I met him. Uh, I met him at a party that we put on. Um, he was hammered. I, no, hitting my, on girls. <laughs> my first job, you know, the comic book show yeah, that yeah. we both used to work on, that we put on a party when DC moved on, moved uh, from New York to Burbank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he showed up. That's awesome. And that was, and that's where I first met him. And then I met him uh, sporadically through conventions. And he was always just a really nice guy. But yeah, he w- he was always really sickly. He's a staple of the golden age, man. And you yeah. know, in this in this day and age, you know, sixty nine, that's no age at all. It's not, man. No. It's such a bummer. Yeah, yeah, that's too bad. Uh, anything else we want to add? Before rest we in move peace, on? Rip, 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 my boy. Uh, thank you, and rest in peace. Yeah. yeah. Sparks, anything to add? Uh, no, I think you guys covered it pretty well. Cool. Uh, Can we get to the bread and butter, please? Yes, thank bread God. and butter. Yay! Uh, we had our, our tea of sadness. Yeah. <laughs> tea and crumpets. <laughs> uh, real quickly, before we get started, uh, we are not going to talk about all the Thor news that came out this week. Uh, it is a lot of spoilers. I um, didn't know about any of this. Neither did I. And yeah. I. You know me. I'm the guy on top of shit. Yeah, he I'm is. actually really surprised that Ryan That's didn't, so crazy. Didn't see a, a lot Ryan doesn't put his phone down. Not I, I saw... More than I would have liked to have seen. I don't think I saw anything that really would ruin anything. Um, I I saw enough, what, and I'm what, I'm happy to to. I don't want to talk about it too more. much, but like, what is the nature of this report? So it's it's set visits, and you know, tickets went on sale. So it's just like this big Thor <laughs> news day. Yeah, it's um, just a lot of different things. Yeah, and it's a lot of. Truthfully, it's probably not a lot of spoilerific stuff. We do know some things. Sparks and I, we privately talked about uh, uh, one thing in particular. Yeah. Um, uh, specifically Thor's place in the MCU, uh, Thor Ragnarok's place in the yeah. MCU, but it's you know if you want to go in blind, I would I would suggest not not yeah. looking for it. And you know, in, in funny enough, in most cases, uh, I would be like, sure, let's talk about it. But f- but for whatever reason, I don't know much about Thor Ragnarok, and I don't want to. No, I feel the same way because yeah. with Thor Ragnarok, I'm very excited for it, and and I get to a point of my excitement where I'm like, you know what, time, I'm, to, time to cut it off. Time to cut it off. I'm waiting for the movie. I all I want to know is stuff that I'm shown in trailers. Past that, don't give it to me. I right. want to go in blind. Thor is turning into a lady. What? <laughs> what? Jane Foster. Jane Foster okay. is okay. in this movie. The one, the one thing is the the TV spot that dropped this week, right? I know. The MC uh, Thor's place in the MCU, uh, where it takes place. No, no, no. I know. I'm saying there was a TV spot that dropped this week. Oh yeah. Oh yes, oh. there was. Did it show like yeah, and it, more stuff? Uh, Valkyrie asks Thor what what the name of the team they're putting together is. Oh, I saw I saw this meme, but I haven't seen the TV spot. No, no. Uh, Thor Thor has trouble thinking of a name on the spot, so he calls them the Revengers, and everyone looks at him like that's a stupid name. <laughs> that's says, cute. So we could just have no name. Excuse me, the Revengers is already a team. Um, uh, it's run by Wonder Man, Simon Williams. Thank you. That's a real ass real thing. I know. I yeah. I believe you're right. God, I'm a nerd. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's all it's gonna. So you know, final thought on that one. Just you know, if you want to go in blind, I suggest staying away from it. But if not, you know, it's it's out there. It's all out there. So check so check it out. Hey, see the Thor Ragnarok instead of Justice League. Uh, moving to oh yeah, <laughs> that's the other thing that dropped. The Thor Ragnarok is more anticipated than the Justice League. Yeah. Who would have guessed? That's crazy dude. Who would have guessed? Who could believe that? Thor man. Dark World. Anyway, yeah, yeah man. Right. Thor the Dark God, World. The the Justice League trailer played before it, and I was like, "Wow, I really don't care." Was, yeah. it, was it a new one? Or yeah, the Ready Player One no, trailer no, no, played before it, and I was like, "Yeah, I don't care." Thing, but I'm like, I don't Kidding. care. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I, yeah, that, we're all there. That Thor trailer, though, dude, our the audience was pumped. Oh hey, yeah. Hey Sparks, was that a Justice League trailer? Was that the same one that we've had, or was it a new yes. one? Yes. There's yes, only one. No, we would know. We would know about uh, Justice yes, League. Yes. Screw that. I was so happy I got the Ray Player one trailer on my yeah. screening. Um, but let's, let's switch Disney properties whoa, whoa. to their other large property, Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars Episode Nine has lost a director, Colin oh. Trevorrow. Oh. In the immortal words of DJ Khaled, another one. Yeah. Um, uh, no, this is like the third time it's happened. Well, I think this is the second time that episode nine has lost a director. Uh, uh, Josh Trank was not working on episode nine. He was working on uh, what we believe to be the Boba Fett uh, spinoff film. Yep. Um, Lord and Miller. And Lord and Miller were, fi- were fired mid-production. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they learn before the movie starts. Right. I mean, but the, th- the weird thing is, Ryan Johnson seems to have had complete autonomy uh, with his films. We have heard no scandals when it comes to uh, Ryan Johnson's episode eight. And uh, th- that's that's important to note. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was that report. I don't know. Did you see it? The yeah, I have it up. Okay. Uh, real, real quick, I wanted to read uh, Dis- uh, Lucasfilm's official statement on the on the matter. Don't we'll hear their official statement. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they, so um, Lucasfilm and Colin Trevor- Trevorrow have mutually chosen to part ways on Star Wars Episode Eight. Colin has been a wonderful collaborator throughout the development process, but we have all come to the conclusion that our visions for the project differ. We wish Colin the best, and we'll be sharing more information about the film soon. This is basically kind of the same thing they dropped with Lord Miller. Guys, creative differences mean yo, you're you're not doing what we want. You you're not do. jiving yeah. with the studio. You're not jiving system. with the studio. Real quickly, um, I'm worried, and look, we talked about this one when when um, Ron Howard came on board. Yeah, he's a very safe choice yeah. for a Star Wars film. Um, why I don't want safe Star Wars movies. It's 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 the tricky thing, man. Because like, you either you either get a, a pretty good safe movie or you get a a risk that could be great or could be wrong, and they don't want to risk it. And we really hope that Episode Eight is that risk, but and we're I, not sure. I think it might be, but they're just they, it hasn't come out yet, so they can't put their faith into the other movies yet. Right? Because like, Ryan Johnson might do Nine now, which I I hope he does, because all words turn out it's gonna be good. Yeah. So that's weird. And, I mean, Rogue One for all as much as I really like Rogue One, Rogue One is still safe. Yeah. Han yeah. Solo is still a safe it's idea. Very, yeah, totally. Sparks, yeah. what's up? Uh, can can I talk about that that report that's around? Yeah, please. Around yeah, about? bring it up. Okay, so 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 someone say supposedly close to it is saying that um, Trevorrow got super egotistical over the success of Jurassic World, and <laughs> it it blew up his ego, and that was one of the things that came into it. And to to be fair, there is a pretty good point here where someone this this is the part I kind of am like I get this. The quote is. There's one gatekeeper when it comes to Star Wars, and it's Kathleen Kennedy. If you rub her the wrong way in any way, you're out. You're done. A lot of these young new directors want to come in and say, I want this and I want that. Uh, a lot of these guys, Lord and Miller, Colin Trevorrow, got very rich very fast and believed a lot of their own hype, and they don't want to play by the rules. They want to shake things up in a way that Kathleen Kennedy isn't going to screw around with it. Yeah, I buy yeah. that. I would yeah. buy that, too. And, oh, yeah. And I, I'm all for, like, I understand what you're saying, like, not not having safe movies and, and wanting to take risks. But there's also, like, Star Wars is such a beloved franchise, and you can't have people, uh, especially with the episode numbers specifically, because we're talking about Trevorrow, you can't have someone who's going to want to run rampant away from a vision. Sure. Because it is a collected, you know, trilogy story. Um, it, it's one of those things that we talked about when Rogue One happened, like, even though it was a safe choice, one of the things that we were so happy about is that, you know, I believe that it still play, took place in the Star Wars world, and I think that's something that has to remain true, even if you're doing 
risky choices, it has to feel like it still belongs to Star Wars because there is a feel to the world of Star Wars. And if you're someone who's going to run away from that, you have to be reined in or you have to leave. And I can kind of believe that this could be the situation going on, that not necessarily that we're having to have safe movies, but that it needs to still feel like Star Wars. Yeah. Not yeah. someone's not someone's fanfic running away with Star Wars. And now we're only two movies into this into this new Star Wars era and which is a little hard to 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 you know wrap your head around because yeah. it's been I mean it feels like longer if you yeah. think about, if you really think if about I mean it. really Brandon it's one entire saga if we're being real. Uh. <laughs> I don't know this, what voice this, this is. <laughs> this comment on Trevorrow about getting a little too big into his own hype, I, I kind of believe it based on interviews around him post-Jurassic World. Sure. Um, we've had a uh, thought. We, we, we know Thomas Tull. Uh, the reason why Universal Studios and Legendary Split was because Thomas Tull uh, took way too much credit for Jurassic World, and you know that could have rubbed off on Colin Trevorrow. Trevor, Trevor, yeah. so. I mean, dude, like... You make a small budget movie and then you make one of the highest grossing movies of all time. I, I can see that ego. Inflating. But there are, there are, I can see it. There's a lot of directors that uh, that have done that. Oh, totally. Uh, you know, Josh Gareth, Trank. Ed- <laughs> Josh Trank, <laughs> Gareth Edwards. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think and Gareth Edwards, I think so far is really the only one that people seem to enjoy working with. And, and yeah. To be fair, like whatever you guys think about Godzilla or Rogue One, like those are both good movies. I wouldn't call them great movies. See, I would. I did call. Is my redaction no, my redaction of no, Rogue One? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, I would. I I called Rogue One a great movie. Now I'm calling it a good movie. Yeah. Um, uh, I now I need to rewatch Rogue One again, but Godzilla is a good movie. But I but need Kong to, is so much better. <laughs> I like Kong a lot. Though. I like Kong, yeah, Kong, a lot. Kong has more monster fights, thank God. But um, I would still say Rogue One is a great movie. I just need to rewatch yeah. it. Right. My my I think my general takeaway from this is that I don't. This it, it was weird to see Lord and Miller kicked out midway on on Han Solo. That was strange. You would have thought if there was an issue, it would have come up sooner. But I can I can still kind of believe why there could be. But on this case, I I actually feel a little better that Trevorrow's off the project. I never really liked him as the director for the last of this trilogy. I also agree because I also thought Jurassic World was just fine. <laughs> There's a lot of people who, who were like, I don't know if I like him ending up the trilogy, and now people are saying. Brian Johnson, if he's willing to do it, would be really good because he, you know, the, the second and third films and trilogies are generally connected. Uh, have I thought, connected if anything, they, yeah. should, they should have been switched because I think Ryan Johnson's a way better filmmaker than Colin Trevorrow yeah. is. Yeah, and I, I kind of felt that same way too. Like, I, I like Jurassic World, but I don't, nothing about it made me go, this guy should do the last in this trilogy of Star Wars films. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and there's so a lot yeah. of people having, felt the same way. Having him removed from it, I honestly feel a little better. Now, the, to be honest. Now, the real mystery is are they going to get a Ron Howard or are they going to try to. Do something cool. If Ron Howard, uh, you know, I mean, like Ron Howard asked like a safe bet. Talk, is what I mean. Let's talk about I mean. it. Let's talk. Let's oh. talk. Who who do we want to real quickly before we move on? Who do we want to come on, come on board? I, I don't know. I honestly, pick. I don't have I don't have a pick. I want to I want to see episode eight first, and if I really really like episode eight, no 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 no. I mean, do you have a director in mind that you would like to see? Is someone who who you like that would that that could do a good Star Wars film? Like I, I like I just Patty said, Jenkins. Patty <laughs> Jenkins is a good choice. Hey. She's apparently holding out. She's holding out at Warner Brothers. Uh, really? To, yeah. Ooh. She's getting all the money. That's uh, that's one of the things why she hasn't signed on the dotted getting line because she's waiting bucks. to see if they're going to offer her Star Wars. Ooh, that's awesome. Okay then. Um, yeah, Patty Jenkins, Matthew Vaughn is my my, my pick That'd because be I think pick. he uh, he works Ooh. really well in, in franchises. Ensemble, He's ensemble, ensemble franchise. He is he is definitely um high, like he made probably one of the best X Men films. Yeah, like, I think I. Mm, yeah, I mean he's great. I worry that he has too much of his own style. Yeah, but even if you look Possibly. at the X Men films, his style is toned down as opposed to Kick Ass and Kingsman. I think he could work no, within. I know, but 
Uh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I, feel, I feel what you're saying, though, yeah. I, I can't think of one. I Somebody said Spielberg, and I'm like, it would never happen. No. But no. could you just imagine, that, though? Okay. That would be mine. That could you be just mine. imagine? I, I would say no. Hard no on that one, because I think Spielberg's best films are behind him. Oh, I agree. And I, th- and I don't think he could do a Star Wars film. I'm just thinking no. like this. Like I think 1980s Spielberg could do it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think current day Spielberg could do it. Let's see a better player one. Let's see. Let's see how yeah. it goes. <laughs> I, I, I would be curious to see Spielberg do it, to be honest with you. But that's because I, I also would have been curious if he'd been the one to do Force Awakens. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. there's, been, there's been some circulation that maybe it would be J.J. Abrams. I don't want to see that. I don't want J.J. to come back. He leans too much uh, on nostalgia, rather, and I don't think you need that at this point. I, I'd rather Ryan Johnson did it. Same. I think... I think Spielberg, it would be pretty freaking interesting to see. Yeah. I'd put that higher than a lot of other people still. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. It'll uh, happen. It won't happen. J.J. Abrams leans too much on nostalgia, and I think at this point in the franchise, you don't need that. No. Um, we got that. Force Awakens, for- Force Awakens, you needed it. Yeah. Now you don't. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, well, let's move on. We got Frog Nuns. We don't need the, we don't need the Frog Nuns. Frog, frog Nuns. nuns. But, but since we're on the topic real quick, can I mention, because it just popped in my head, do you know who I want to direct... Uh, the Obi-Wan film, if that happens. Sure. Um, the guy who did Logan. James Mangold. Oh, James Mangold. Ooh. James Mangold. Make yeah. like a Western. Hell I'd yeah, be dude. totally down for that. That'd be cool, dude. <clears throat> yeah, James Mangold would be really great for that. That'd be sweet. Um, cause I've he did Walk the Line. He did 310 the Yuma. He did Logan. He just loves Westerns. <laughs> he did The Wolverine, which <laughs> is basically a samurai which, Western. Which in yeah. a lot of ways, Obi-Wan should be a Western. Instance. Absolutely. Yes. Set on a desert planet. Why not? I mean, there's a book, called, there's a book called Kenobi that is essentially Kenobi, a Western. Kenobi, I love the sand. No, did you have you read Kenobi? No. So right now it's a Legends book, but it, it is essentially a Western. It mm. is it is the template for a Western Obi-Wan wah, film. Wah, and it's kind of like the man with no name kind of sort of thing. It's really good. I dig it. Really good. I'll check that one out. Ryan Johnson has revealed who the last Jedi is. It's Luke. Everyone, shut up. It's Luke. Wow, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Come on, people. It's Luke. <laughs> it's Snoke. I mean, <laughs> dude, I saw a freaking rumor online said, "Is Ezra secretly?" I heard Snoke? that one too. Oh Are my you guys god! Freaking kidding me, no, dude. It's, no, everyone needs to shut up. Clickbait my butt. <laughs> Who's the last Jedi? It's Luke. Because in the because he even said it was like I took her from the opening crawl of Force Awakens, which calls Luke the last Jedi. He's missing. That's it. That's <laughs> missing Jedi. To be honest, I did always like that uh, the the people who said, you know, is it plural or is it singular? Mm-hmm. And I really like that the word worked for that. And I'm kind of bummed, like, not that I cared much about the mystery of it, but I didn't feel it needed clarification. Also, like the German and like the French versions, uh, it was like th- that one was plural. Like yeah. theirs were like, oh, it's multiple Jedi. Their translation so is plural. It's like, oh, who who should we believe? I mean, it could still be maybe he's <laughs> yeah. maybe he's just joshing with us, but uh, maybe it doesn't even us. matter. Yeah. I I don't think it does. I think it's just fun to be like, what? It could be taken either way. Yeah. I don't think yeah. it's important until you see the movie. It's not important. The right. Force is awakening. We'll never know. There is none. <laughs> Nothing awakens <laughs> that, in that, that movie. That menace is sure fan to me. Um, Laura Dern is playing the first on-screen LGBT Star Wars character. Do 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 do. What was that? I don't know. <laughs> that was <laughs> slightly racist. No, that was me just singing Star Wars theme what's song. The, what's the LGBT prejudice? It's just prejudice. You're oh, just being prejudiced. Because like, I sang the Star Wars theme song? <laughs> I mean, it had a little bit of a flair to it. Well, yeah. I don't know. It's being fun. Well done. I love you. I love Laura Dern, though. She's great. She's in Jurassic Park. She is in Jurassic Park. I'm so excited to see her character based on the stuff I saw at D23. I'm so excited. She's got purple hair, dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to her. She's She's, like a, like a She's wonderful. Senator. I want to see this movie so bad. Like yeah, man. Coming up. Senator. Dun, One of the dun, senators that survived the destruction of the council. Get, we're going to get a second trailer, right? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. are we? I don't want it. Please. Honestly, I'm kind of okay if we don't. Yeah, I kind of don't want it. We're like, I, I, it's September. I mean, but we all know the system. I kind of do. You release a teaser, then you release really, a trailer. I kind of do. I not watch it. No, I'll, I'm going to go to the movies. I'll play. I'm Is it going to come out during Monday Night Football? I, I do think that we will get one more feature-length trailer. We usually get like the teaser. In the no, room. you guys but remember like two years ago when um the Force Awakens trailer came out during Monday Night Football and the ratings for that one Monday Night Football game just yeah. spiked I don't care just for the Star Wars trailer? I, I do like what they did with Force Awakens. They only released a single, like, kind of teasery trailer and then one other trailer, and they didn't release anything else until the movie came out. So I'd be okay with it if they applied the same here. You don't I, think th- I think it's going to be the same thing yeah. here. I like I like the marketing for that, that it's like, we know you're going to see this. We're not going to show you. <gasps> What's but. the next big Disney movie, Thor? Thor. That's November. Did, would they release It'd be too late. Yeah. Get, we're going to get a Disney movie October. before that? Yeah. September, October, any Disney? I movies? think we're getting this trailer by October, but I don't know what Disney movie is playing in October. Who knows? They're probably gonna probably pick what none. do what they did none. last year. No, there's none. They're probably gonna pick no the. Disney like, movie, no. It'll be like on Kimmel or something. No, it'll probably be like the least interesting Monday Night Football game. They're like, hey, let's do it on that night. No, I. Or, I, I or yeah. they really might just drop it at Thor. Or they, they could. They really might. I mean, they it is. It one, is. You've got one month. It's what the hell else? Yeah. Like they have our money. Sense. Honestly, it makes sense because if they drop it at Thor. And so you see Thor, which is probably going to be great. And you saw this new Star Wars trailer right before it, which is probably going to be great. Who's going to be talking about Justice League? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's actually true. Smart. Not a damn person. That's true. Oh, I mean, it goes back to the idea that, you know, what what our old manager you know, at the store used to say uh, for the Force Awakens trailer, it could just have been J.J. Abrams in front of a white screen reading the script for Star Wars and just going, you're going to see this. I mean, what, yeah. what the hell do we need to show you anything yeah. for? <laughs> yeah, we're, tickets are already bought. This yeah. has already made a billion dollars. Um. Well, let's move on uh, real quickly. I want to touch on um, Disney has confirmed that the Star Wars and Marvel films will be leaving Netflix and other streaming services come 2019 in favor of their streaming service, uh, their exclusive streaming service. Not surprised, a little disappointed. Yeah, I was kind of hoping they wouldn't be jerks about it, but yeah. there being that ex who's like, no, I really need that shirt back. <laughs> I guess I just I don't see this as jerky because those things only recently got added anyway. I, I never saw them as part of yes, the Netflix Yes, that is true. They are deal. recent ads. I, I never saw them as part of the Netflix package deal. And even then, they didn't like add every Marvel and Star Wars movie. It's only been ones that have come out since they decided to start adding them. So I guess I'm that's really true. Like, I guess I'm you're really right. like, eh. It's just, what I, difference does it really make? It's really nice because I just put Civil War on in the background. Well, yeah, the I mean, <laughs> no, but Sparks has a really good has a really good point. You know, these films have not been on have not been on this the service for for long, yeah. and it's not their back catalog. It is only their their you know moving forward catalog. Netflix yeah. and those Netflix shows are it's, staying. The Netflix shows will just, stay. It's just never been it's the Netflix a major selling point of the Netflix package, so it doesn't. I, it makes sense to me that Disney would be like, yeah, we're gonna have those because it's gonna be a Disney thing. Yeah, to be I fair, Netflix that, is. Yeah. I prefer that because to me that means like Disney's gonna have a streaming service that does have a back catalog of all these things. I mean, we'll see I'd if want. we'll see if Paramount or Fox will let them distribute the the, the yeah uh, the early oh, Marvel like, films like the, or the early like Star Wars films. Like that. Yeah, well, Universal yeah. with yeah. Hulk, but yeah, yeah, um, it, it, they may uh, they may not. Oh, we'll have to see. Um, but yes, the Defenders uh, and Runaways on Hulu will stay where they are because they are productions of those streaming yeah. services. Yeah, and yes, they and they said exactly. with, with this like there's gonna be like a whole bunch of like um. Like uh, what's it called? Like uh, like Netflix original stuff. Like like Disney they're gonna do original stri- uh, Disney original. So like, yo man, that's yeah. gonna get me. Cause like honestly, Netflix is mostly like a Marvel service for me. I think the only bummer loss in this is um, 
is losing Agents of Shield off of Netflix. Aww. That's the only bummer. Line. I do yeah. think that is a bummer. I got two yeah. years. Oh. Yeah, but they oh. already took off Agent Carter, so maybe we'll get that on the Disney <laughs> streaming service. Totally, totally, probably. Um, but yeah, it is. It is. It is important to mention that it is entirely likely that Paramount, uh, Paramount's deal with with uh, with the early Marvel films and Fox's deal with the early Star Wars films uh, may prevent them from streaming on the service for a while. So uh, we'll see where that goes. I just don't want. Count. I just don't want to point to that. Yeah, go ahead. go ahead, Ryan. No, no, you're good. No, go no, he was just gonna say he doesn't want it. <laughs> I just, I'm no, just scared was... for the future of just like every, every company doing. That's this. happening. I mean, we can't I, stop. I it know. At this I just, point. I got away from cable for a reason, and it's now good. we have a cable package. It sucks. This is what that, we talked about. <laughs> this is what we talked about last time when it's no, brought up. Yeah, it's like you have Netflix and Hulu. Why do you need a cable package? Uh, I was just gonna say that I, I wouldn't be surprised if Disney buys out. Paramount and Fox on that matter. They have the money. No, I'm sure. Um, but it's the reason why we haven't got the original trilogy on, on uh, like the original cuts sure. the original trilogy because of Fox. But sure, yeah. sure. But this would be a big motivation for them to just do it. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shot first. Do it. Moving, do it. moving, fo- moving on. Uh, X-Men. The other Marvel. Dun, 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 dun. Um, Drew Goddard has annou- was announced uh, <gasps> to direct and write yes. X-Force with um, uh, Cable and Deadpool leading the team. This is... Not necessarily a shock. We'll see if C stays on the project. <laughs> this dude's on projects all the time and leaves. But this is—he's—he's he's a really good pick, man. Yeah, man, he's great. He's a great pick for this. I'm—I'm I'm so down for this. Oh. Uh, if he stays on this project, this could be incredible, dude. And he's writing and directing it. Yeah, like, he did Cabin in the Woods, and he—and he—and he's—he's a Buffy guy and he did Cloverfield. Like he's—I love everything this guy does. I'm yeah, just, I'm the first excited. two episodes of Daredevil. Yeah, hey, those are two good episodes. <laughs> He was the showrunner for Daredevil before. He left before. to make the Sinister Six movie that never happened. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. But that still might happen. Oh, no, man. Uh, don't open that wound, Brandon. Please don't. Uh, Tell yeah. me how much you love Cabin in the Woods, Sparks. Oh, man. I love Cabin in the Woods so much. Yeah, yeah so, Cabin in the Woods is great. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for this. This is one of the Fox things that I'm like, all right, do it. Yeah, their Deadpool-centric little part is working for me. If they can just the only one, the only one film in it. Yeah, but like Deadpool two is probably, hopefully, probably it's got a good director. Good. Yeah, got I mean, like they got Domino, they got Cable, like it's gonna be fun. Yeah, like that's half the team already. Get me Phantom X. Uh, X Force should be should be fun. Let's hope he stays on it. Hell yeah. Um, also, Jessica Chastain released a comment on an Instagram post that hey, only had begun of X Men Dark Phoenix. You guys know He's, that character I was gonna be. He says, she says. She's not playing Lalandra. I'm not that character, actually. She was, she literally said, "Do you want a scoop? I'm not playing Lalandra." Then deleted it. <laughs> oh, just to f- mess with us. So I wonder oh. if a yeah, she's messing with us, uh, or b does this go back to uh, the early Simon Kinsberg comments saying that X Men Dark Phoenix will be more grounded and not as cosmic. The as The space want it to be. cosmic story is going to be uh, grounded. Cool. And I'm saying dumb. That's dumb. Go all in. I think everyone's just like saying different things that are not cohesive. I think I think this is going to be a space story. He just doesn't want to freak people out. This is a this is a where Logan fits in the X Men timeline yeah, right. situation again. Everyone's saying one thing and nobody's talking to each other. What? How do you feel about uh, not Lalandra? Dumb. <laughs> I just I. To be honest, I don't really care about Phoenix. To be honest with you. Well, really we've seen like, it twice already. I really like Sophie Turner for the role. And that's about as far as my interest for it goes. Like, I'm, I'm almost on the point where, as much as I enjoy James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender playing the roles, I, I'm almost on the point where I don't want to see another movie. Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence uh, came out also this week and said, uh, uh, I came back because I wanted the fans, because I didn't want the fans to be disappointed that there was another actress playing Mystique. And, and I'm she, like, they dumped a and ton of money on your front lawn, didn't <laughs> she they? She was also like, yeah, I, need, like, I want to like, finish this character arc. And I'm like, 
Excuse me? <laughs> Excuse <laughs> me? What? Your character, this is your, not what you were saying um, months Jennifer, ago. your character changes with every freaking movie she's He's in. as bad as Mystique. Mystique <laughs> is easy enough to, to replace. But like, uh, the translation, giant dump truck of money Too on dumb the truck. Yeah. yeah. So if she's not playing Lalanja, uh, I think she could be a sweet-ass Emma Frost. An actually good Emma Frost. Yeah. Like no, January but, Jones. But this, this franchise has an Emma Frost already. She died. January Jones? Yeah. Oh no! She, did she die? No, because Days of Future Past altered it. Oh, that's ah! right. Well, no, but not that. I know. I'm just messing. That but was before. No, I know. But is she dead? I don't remember. No, because she. Did she die the... between? Is she one of the mutants that died between? Yes, Days of Future yes, Past and first class? she was. I think she was. Cause I think she's on Trask's like uh, slab. That's what I think. Because there were oh. four mutants that died, and everyone was like, "Oh, it's going to be the four horsemen." Maybe. But then it didn't turn out to be the four horsemen. I just, oh. I just want a good Emma Frost. That's all. Yeah. Because she's know. cool. Yeah. Jennifer Jones. It's not gonna happen, Ryan. That's I know. There's no reason to care. Oh, yeah, you're right. Well, yeah. Uh, Brandon, the way I feel, same as you. Dumb. Dumb. Yeah. Dumb, dumb, dumb. I, I, I want cosmic. Like will, I feel like this will be just as disappointing as Apocalypse. To be honest with you, I see no reason why it won't be so far. Well, man, yeah, we'll have to see, man. Yeah, I. Uh, give me Corsair and a Star Jammer. Give me. I just want Cyclops. I bad. want Cosmic, man. I want yeah, Cosmic. I know. Me too. Um, moving right along. Oh. Uh, the DC. Yeah, that's why I said it. Uh, the DC Extended Universe. The coup. Huh. <laughs> Wait, what are we talking about this week? Well, there is a Suicide Squad frontrunner director. Oh, right, this guy. Gavin O'Connor, who directed The Accountant. He also directed Warrior, and I think Warrior is a super, really, really good movie. Uh, Accountant was okay. Yeah. I, I saw that one. It was this is right. not a bad choice. No, he, it's a, he, it's he a work is, for hire kind of thing. It looks like uh, apparently he is in, he is negotiating like actively. This is uh, he has not signed on yet, so we'll see what ha- where where this goes. Could be worse choices. Huh. Yeah, totally. Seems kind of like a safe choice. <laughs> Get close to the mic. It seems like a safe choice. <laughs> that I was didn't hear that loud. at all. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, apparently there's also more frontrunners for Shazam. No, I thought it was the d- 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 David Sandberg guy, the, the guy, the, the animal guy. No. He's directing it for Sam? No, it's a front runner for the actor. Oh, right. Sorry, sorry I should have clarified. Yeah, I was like, what? The oh, actor oh, for, for the, <gasps> the character Shazam has a front runner. Oh, can we see him? Oh, mm. yes, yes, uh, yes. It's either John Cena. That's great. Oh. Uh, who I'm gonna be honest. <coughs> yeah, you know my opinion know, on John I Cena. Know, dude. I know, I feel it. And uh, Joshua Sass or Sasse? I don't know. Nope. He's an Australian guy from Gal- from Gallivant. Oh, okay. Uh, and I really love him. I think he's great. He's cool. Guy. Uh, I don't know if he'd be good. I don't know if he'd be good, Shazam. I, I'm not like he's got that he's got that attitude John, he does dude, John Cena has that boyish charm that like I could see him being like a seven year old full grown man like that works for me I like, just don't I don't know why though. but coming from you it sounded creepy sounded creepy <laughs> yeah. well I like John Cena so I like John seven year seven year old well you know what I mean child. like it's like <laughs> big it's big. it's Tom Hanks and big that's yeah what I mean no, no, I, I like John Cena as well but I just don't know no I know listen it, it John Cena has not hit the rock. He's not even close to the rock. Yeah, because but like the, I, the dude has it. I promise. Yeah, because Dwayne it. Johnson, he, I mean, he's been in shitty movies, obviously, but he has Too grown fair. to a fine actor. Yeah, I mean, yes, but he continues to be in shitty films. Ballers isn't shitty. That's not a film. That's true. Well, recently, I think he's doing okay. He's done. The last two years have been good movies. Once he's over the Tooth Fairy and like all those like. Those yeah, but movies. coming up, his slate coming up. I haven't even looked. You mean yeah, Jumanji? No, Rampage. No. That's, you don't know if that's going to be bad. I, didn't, be I didn't know he was that doing Rampage. Really that could be really cool. Wait, which was Rampage? I see it. Is Rampage based off the video game? Yes. Rampage? Of course it is. Yes. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, dude. I and he's best friends with with a, with an albino ape, and then the ape grows big. Toby and it, Kebbell. And, and yeah, it's Doctor Doom from Fantastic Four. I did not know that. And movie Kong, uh, Kong from Kong Skull Island. Oh, the guy who played that guy. I didn't even know he was doing that. Yeah, dude, it's going to be great. Oh, shit. Yeah, well, Geostorm. He, I mean, he, he works on like five movies a day. Yeah. 
Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, Sh- Shazam Sparks. What do you think about these two? These two choices. Uh, should sold. they should they come come to fruition? I'm not sold. I mean, I guess it does kind of show that maybe they're seriously taking into consideration that he has to act like a boy as a man, which I'm happy about. But and it's not even that I don't like John Cena. I actually do like John Cena. I just don't think John Cena is right for this role. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think he's. I don't think he's a strong enough actor to do the the duality of it yeah. well. He can't carry a film I, yet. I don't. I don't think he's strong enough as a, of an actor for that. I agree. But with I, that. I, I understand why he could be considered. But I don't. I. I'm not sold on it. I agree. I think physically sure. he's a really good fit. But like, yeah, he doesn't have the acting chops yet. Exactly. Yeah. James Marsden, I'm just saying, should be James Marsden. He's got to bulk up. He's got to bulk up. He could bulk up. No <laughs> he could do it. Um, He's done it before. Uh, so apparently there were a couple of uh, other comic book... Uh, one that was completely past our radar. Uh, Ryan and I specifically, because you know, we're both always... always oh, right. This yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. Thing. Um, I Kill Giants, which is an image comic book. Uh, no, Boom. No, no, no! I think you're right. Uh, image or boom? I'm just, I'm like, how did I, how did this get past us? Is why. Yeah, in my head. it's, it's, it's premiered this weekend at uh, International Film yeah, Festival. Yeah, it's done. Yeah, it's done. It's coming out. It came out. This is crazy. It's a so it's a so it's a small. Let's say an indie comic. Uh, right now, I don't have the, um, I don't have the. Do I have it up here? Nope. Uh-huh. It's it's image. It's image. It's image. Yeah. It's image. It's a Joe Kelly book. Um, yeah, and it's wow. That's crazy. Because I didn't hear about this at all. Yeah, I have no idea if it's a big budget, low budget. I don't know anything about I, it. I think it's a definitely an indie film. Yeah. Um, but wow, I don't uh, know what this. I don't know what the. I haven't read the book. Um, but I've heard good things. One of my about good friend book. Ian. It's one of his favorite books, and he always recommends it. I haven't read it, but uh, now that it's a movie, I'm buying it. How is it. Ian? He's I great. Seen him in a He's while. good. He's good. good. He's a good friend. He's feeling good. He's yeah, I like Ian. Um, That's your Ian check-in, guys. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you read I Kill Giants? Uh, ben Sparks. Negative. Nope. Well, we're all going to read it one day. It's going to be a book club. Okay, then. No, I agree, because uh, I've heard nothing but good things. Same. And uh, the fact that it's getting a movie uh, surprises and delights me. Yep, same. Uh, you know, this is... The, you hear a lot about uh, independent comic books becoming movies or getting film rights sold, but nothing <laughs> ever comes to them. Yeah, right? This happened, like, under the... Did Guillermo del Toro direct this? I know. Oh, no. <laughs> this is the del, the del Toro movie that just kind of happened. It came out of nowhere. Del Toro, just knock down Disney's door and tell him I want to make Haunted Mansion already, It'll happen please. in 2029, Del Toro. <laughs> yeah, well, it'll magically show up. No, the day um, uh, Haunted Mansion comes out is the day that Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. Oh, I don't even. Man, that'd be funny. <laughs> I know that. Um, but also, uh, so yeah, that's really cool, so look out for that. Um, the first trailer has not dropped, but it is premiering, so we, sh- uh, we should get a distribution deal Let's soon. Let's go up to Toronto and ask them for the trailer. Yeah, the distribution deal should, the trailer, should happen eh? soon, and then we'll, uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Giants, eh? Uh, but also The Boys. Oh, my God. Uh, which is a Garth Ennis comic book. Are they uh, back in town? <laughs> they are. Yeah. Ooh. Totally right. Yeah. Um, they are. They, they found a distribution on Amazon. Amazon. Uh, and, and it's Seth Rogen. And it's the same team by Preacher, right? It's the same Preacher team. And they're, they're going to write and do the first episode just like Preacher. Man, they do like Garth Ennis. Dude. Uh, 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 it's, uh, <sighs> Dude, The Boys is one of my favorite comics. It's about a group of CIA people who keep keep uh, track of superheroes because superheroes in this world are like celebrities and they're like drug they're drug addicted they're sex fiends like they're the worst pe- they're like the worst celebrities but they're the gods of the world so everyone respects them and it's about the CAA keeping tracks of them make sure they're not doing bad shit and it's gnarly and it's super violent and if you like crazy shit and like super gore and super violence it's awesome and I'm so excited Sparks have you tell me you read this I, I have not yet but it's yeah. been on my list alright that's okay man it's it's 72 issues 
Um, it's it's super. It's, it's really disgusting. It's like if you know Garth Ennis, dude. He likes he likes those f bombs. He likes that nudity. Uh, it's a lot of fun. The main character looks exactly like Simon Pegg uh, on purpose, so I hope they get Simon Pegg. That'd be cool. The the first issue, no joke, has maybe the most impactful uh, uh, moment I've ever read at a comic. Uh, like it, it, the thing that starts the comic, it will be in my mind for the rest of my life. And if they get that right in the first episode, people remember it forever, dude. It's 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 amazing. It's amazing. Let's hope they don't dedicate an entire first season to before the boys. And they needed to do it to set up how crazy that book is. You can't just start with with demons and angels having sex, creating monsters. I'm just saying that was a that first. I I didn't think it was gonna get that much blowback as it did. That, um, that first season's really good. Yeah. And I think people yeah, recognize Preacher, it. Yeah, Preacher's really solid. I, I For those who don't know what we're talking about, yes. Preacher. Yes. I think the boys will be pretty good. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, and Amazon, they have free reign to be gross. I'm to read it now. I'm glad. It will be a book Ryan. club for sure. Ryan. What's up? Hijack the news. We're hijacking the news. Guess oh, what? What's happening? It's Agents of Shield time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just crashed. Go ahead, Sparks. What's the hijack? I'm just standing here hey, looking so, around. Like, so the actor who played. Uh, Hunter on Ages of Steel Nick is Blood. going to return this na- this new season, which is great. Yeah, so uh, uh, Mockingbird and and uh, uh, Hunter, he was, they were going to get their own show. Didn't happen. And I keep saying that they should have reincorporated what that show is going to be into Ages of Shield. And one half well, of them are coming back because the other girl's yeah. on the Orville. Right. So at least they're bringing back Hunter and we're going to get some, some stuff there and maybe we'll even get... Adrian Palicki did make a cameo at That'd some point with that. They were the best parts of that show, and I'm, him coming back is is I'm so on board. Yeah. After I, after I how good that. last season was, I'm so excited about yeah. this. That's all. You can have the you can have the train back. Still haven't seen last season. It's it's. it's I will. I will. I will. I always catch up. Yeah, girl. Uh, I love my Marvel, even if I don't like the Marvel as much as the other Marvel. That's okay. <laughs> it's a fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, man, Inhumans is going to premiere on TV soon. Oh, I already <laughs> I already forgot, dude. <laughs> That's soon. Oh my god! I already forgot about is it. that. That happened already. The, the that IMAX, IMAX thing was, was over. It was explosively poorly received. In IMAX. I remember. I remember getting a screenshot. Is not we, happy. We're not I, talking about. Are we reviewing it? I mean, when no, it's over, I don't want. Okay. Uh, okay. I don't want to. We'll, um, I mean, it, if we all watch it, we will if it's, review if it. If it's worthy, we'll no. I do not want to waste what little time I have on Inhumans. I'll let you know if, if, we, it's, if, if it's. If we don't like it and we collectively agree we don't like it, we'll just be like on episode. Hey guys, we don't like it. <laughs> yeah, we talked about Iron Fist. So look for that. Well, Iron Fist was leading no, the Defenders, I know. Kidding, so we I kind know. of had to. Um, a couple of things uh, to move on. Uh, one, one, one big thing to move on, and then we move on to our um, Kevin's? special guest. Oh, which I forgot to mention at the top. We have a special guest coming in. Oh, uh, shortly. Expert. Shortly, um, Aladdin has officially started production. <gasps> Yay! Oh, that's exciting. And with the with the announcement of production came two cast members. One of them I forgot. Oops. Oopsies. Um, but playing the Sultan. Um, oh, I can't Oop. pronounce his name. Okay. Is it is it anyone we would recognize? N- I think it's an unknown okay. as well. Okay. okay. Um, Still cool. Still cool. But yeah. Um, but the other one is really interesting, uh, mainly because Sparks and I just saw him in Ingrid Goes West. Uh, and is the only white person cast in this movie, which the internet <gasps> oh. threw us White washing! God! Oh, we don't no. exist anymore! Um, he's playing Billy Magnuson. I'm uh, oh, sorry, he is Billy Magnuson. Yeah! Uh, from <laughs> Into the himself. Woods. From Into the Woods and Ingrid Goes West. Uh, oh, recently. okay. I know who you're talking about. And uh, he's playing a character named Prince Anders. Oh, he's going to be a Who is a, um, it was a, a suitor. It's going to be a suitor for, for Jasmine, oh. we're assuming. Hold on. Ali's going to make him look like a jerk. And I don't understand why the internet is losing their minds because to me, all this means is that they're slightly increasing the amount that uh, the suitor who gets his butt bitten by Raja is in the movie. That's all that means to me. 
Yep. Yeah, like I agree. Who, yeah. who gives a crap? That's all he's going to be. No, it was a lot of people just didn't think about think about it. People like what the internet does. They overreacted. You know, they got the news initially and they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. wow. I'm pretty sure that he- showed up. No, I'm pretty sure the headline said white person cast in Aladdin. And oh, no, every- it was the, it was the it was Billy Magnuson cast his prince in, in Aladdin was, oh, was that's the like headlines. Bad as hell. Yeah. Oh, that is definitely. Well, and so I think people there was a lot of people who didn't read the article who were saying, oh, Prince Ali? Yeah. What? Oh, probably He's a lot of people who don't remember Aladdin very well, so they're thinking, oh, how how dare he be? Who, whatever. It looks like they're just up, up, bumping up a role. From no, he's going to be from like Sweden or Norway or something. He's going like, to be a douchey Ooh. prince and yeah. he'll be it's like a couple instead, scenes. Instead of being on screen for like two minutes, he's going to be on screen for five minutes. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I'll be okay. Calm it's t- going to be okay. Internet, internet, calm your tits. Yeah, seriously. Don't have a rack attack. Soothe the boobs. Oh, these are all things I've never Undo heard. Undo the calamity that is your memories. I haven't heard any of these before. I'm learning so much now. <laughs> Give that chest a rest, okay? Oh, I'm going to take a nap. Get yeah, there's, there's, uh, so the, uh, I think the Sultan and, and uh, Handmaid into Aladdin was also uh, was also. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they said there's going to be like a, uh, a Handmaid friend to Jasmine who... You said Aladdin. Oh. To Jasmine. No, I meant the uh, movie Aladdin. Isn't she from SNL? Right. Yeah, it's... Um, Dude, she's so funny. Nassim Pedrad. Oh, she's so funny. She's playing a character named Mara. She's great. Uh, right now, I don't have the I don't have the, um, the, 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 the name of the guys playing the Sultan, so I apologize for that. Um, oh, wait. No, here I do. Here it is. Um, Navid Nagab- Nagaban? Sure. We, just have, we don't have the worst... Like, where does... Wow. A very diverse, very diverse yeah, man, movie. That's, great. I mean, that's awesome. We can't yay, anything. yay, diverse cast. Um, cool. Yeah, and he is playing. Uh, he is playing uh, the Sultan. That's the, Sultan. the dad, right? Yeah, yeah that's the dad. Big Papa. Yeah, that's a Jasmine's dad. Yeah. So that's exciting. Um, <clears throat> Guys, uh, Prince Ali, fabulous he. Ali like when Baba? all the elephants. He's got the monkeys. If they have that, like exactly in some way, I will freak out, man. Because that's that's like the coolest musical number in my. I'm pretty in my sure life. everyone would freak out. I just can't wait to see what they're gonna do with a friend like me. Well, Big Willie style. I know. I can't wait to hear him rapping. <laughs> oh, no. That's going to be so oh, gonna be. Oh, What up, Aladdin? I got my son, Jaden. You want to wish? That's raining. Jaden's going to be in the anime. In an anime. Well, he looks like an anime character, <laughs> so that's fine. And that's We're getting enough a of that. Off track here. Sorry. Um, Aladdin's going to be good, I hope. And to wrap up our final bit of news, uh, we've got some Stephen King stuff. Ooh, and Ooh. We have an expert here. We right, Ben? can't talk. <laughs> I will punch you. I will punch you <laughs> in the freaking face. Oh, callbacks. Ben, I didn't know you were a Stephen King expert. God damn awesome. it. Here we go again. Ben, would you say you were a Stephen King expert? <sighs> well, he's seen two no, Stephen King properties I, this year. I so. am not a Stephen yes. King expert, but our buddy Matt is a Stephen right, King Right, we expert. can't talk about Stephen King without getting on our friend Matt Ferrante. What up, Matt? Oh, what's up, guys? How's it going? It's going. I'm, I'm feeling it's pretty spooky. Been a spooky weekend. Spoopy, spoopy, <laughs> spoopy. That too. Yeah the, yeah, the spooks are real. It's a spooky time right now. Three spooky, five me. Oh, I like that joke. Hi, Matt. It's been a while. Hey, what's up? Been guys? at How's least. Doing? It's good. Yeah. It's been at least at least two months since the last uh, Stephen no, King August. movie. August. It was last month, right? Whoa, really? Dark Tower. Yeah, yeah. It was Dark Tower yeah. last month. It was yeah, only Dark. a month ago. That's how month. good that movie was. Yeah, Dark Tower was uh, last month. Man, sad, sad feelings. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> we, they made up for it with this one, so it's okay. Well, uh, before we get into our main topic, let's talk about the last couple of uh, Stephen King news. One of which being the Gerald's Game trailer dropped. Ooh, Netflix. Now, generally speaking, it's not really in our wheelhouse, but hey, we're doing a Stephen King episode, so why not? Yeah, dude. Uh, it's got spooky, cool stuff in it. Yeah, Gerald's Game with Bruce Greenwood, one of my favorite actors. Carla uh, Gugino. Carla G- How do you pronounce it? Yeah. G- Gugino. Yeah. yeah. Gugino. What? 
Matt, how do you feel about this one? Gerald's game. Well, first off, I have to ask: Is anyone familiar with the story at all? Ben not, is not at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you um, mentioned to the audience that you're not a Stephen King fan <laughs> one damn time. <laughs> That's really good. Um, I mean, hey, not everybody is. But uh, that said, Gerald's game is one of his uh, most. I'd say probably most hated and simultaneously Ooh. underrated novels that he has written. It's one of his books that came out of the early 90s. And for my money, someone who reads a ton of horror, watches horror movies, literally lives for scary things. For me personally, it's the scariest book I've ever read. Ooh. Um, it's Stephen King is always dealing with these ideas of being trapped. Um, in The Shining, you're trapped in a hotel in a blizzard. In Cujo, you're trapped behind the wheel of a car by a big dog. And under the dome, you're trapped under a great big dome. I got some misery, misery vibes, too. Misery, for sure. You're trapped by your biggest fan in a bed in a cabin. Um, Gerald's game is running with a very similar concept. Uh, you're starting off with a character who is trying to spark some passion in her love life with her husband and the only way he's really feeling it anymore is if he uses handcuffs <laughs> and something goes wrong he doesn't do so hot as you can see in the trailer and she's left alone handcuffed to this bed in the cabin in the woods in the middle of the night that's her story of trying to free herself and the things she encounters it's an introspective journey into her head while simultaneously being a chamber drama and uh, some of the stuff that goes down in it, if they can pull it off in the movie, we are in for some some spooky stuff. <laughs> and this is uh, this is a Netflix property. Yeah, sounds pretty cool. It's the guy who uh, uh, directed uh, uh, Oculus. Yeah, I like that movie a lot. I didn't see Hush, but I really like Oculus. Oculus is the one with the mirror, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah it's got a great ending, man. I've heard of that one. Yeah, dude. So that yeah, that has I me mean, psyched. I, I was gonna say uh, in Hush. Uh, if you watch that movie, totally worth watching, by the way. Really cool uh, psycho thriller. Um, there's a moment in which the main character, she's a, she's an aspiring writer, and she has a tabletop covered with Stephen King books. And it turns out that uh, Mike Flanagan had been wanting to do this specific project for years because he also has seen it as one of the most underrated Stephen King stories. It's interesting because it's, you know, he's normally super supernatural and with this he dials it back in a way that makes it i think personally kind of more disturbing yeah interesting. Uh, it, it definitely seemed a lot like not that stephen king uh, uh things aren't psychological but this one seemed just very kind of just like yo this is a chick dealing with some stuff but also it looked like there's some stephen king crazy like crazy eclipses and stuff going on so like i'm not really sure what to expect and that, that excites me Looks like a good time gone horribly wrong to yeah, me yeah, well, yeah buddy <laughs> i mean the yeah. bruce Greenwood brings hashtag out hashtag title of tape yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean Bruce Greenwood. He brings out the handcuffs. And I'm saying, "Ooh, this is gonna get kinky up in here." Yeah. And then uh, stuff happens. <laughs> it hits the fan essentially. He drops right. the floor, actually. Right. You won't get any spoilers from me, but it's uh, it is a dark story. And uh, the trailer, for what it's worth, is someone who's read the book. And I don't know if I'll ever read the book again. I love and respect it for how good I thought it was personally, but it really got to me. Um, the images in the trailer look like moments from the book almost beat for beat a lot of the time so awesome it's, it's pretty cool. cool does does this uh tie into like any you know dark tower like does it tie into the the stephen king verse at all uh it ties into another book in a weird way uh when king wrote this book it was a uh, it was a duology that acts as kind of a uh in certain ways a mirror to dolores claiborne which was turned into a film back in the 90s with kathy bates 
Uh, this, in the book, these two stories are united by this incident of the eclipse. It's brief, but it is a connecting piece. It was just an experiment he was running with. If they did anything with the movie, like in the book, it would be so subtle that you wouldn't need to know about it. To, I mean, it's one of those things. It's only gonna, it's only gonna jump out at you and stand out to you if you already know about it, because otherwise, it's so subtle, you blink and you miss it. Gotcha. Okay. Well, speaking of it, oh, <laughs> is it time? Oh. Well, no. Uh, <laughs> they. Uh, Man, it has the best segue. Yeah, <laughs> it's so easy. It, like I say it once. Um, no, they announced on Thursday that they were in uh, active development on the sequel, It Chapter 2. Ooh. A lot of people didn't know that was going to happen at all. I don't and think. I'm actually really happy about that. Yeah, uh, I was really happy that the marketing team did not lean on the fact that this was a two-parter. Yeah, people who weren't familiar with the with the original. Oh yeah. no! After, yeah, there's adults too. No, after my uh, after the screening was done, in my spoiler opinion, alert. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll just stop talking then. Please continue, my friend. I heard the spoiler alert. Well, no, at the very I end. Guess spoilers movie, for it now. No, at the sp- at the very end of it, where it says has like it, and then it says chapter one. A lot of people were like, "Mommy's like, oh, is there gonna be chapter two? Oh my god, mid credits. There's, g- there's another one coming out soon. Actually, it was. It was really exciting to see that the way that they brought up the chapter one, I was really happy about. Yeah, me too. Just just the way that you've watched the whole movie, and then it's like it chapter one, and I'm like, damn, yes, drop that. Man, I I really wonder. Like, I don't think the box office would be much different, but do you think there would be a difference if it was called chapter one? I think there would be. Do you think more yeah. people would see it or less people would? I see think it? less. Less. Do you think so? I, because I, I think less because it signifies more of an undertaking with an unfamiliar property. Yeah. Um, that's, a yeah. lot of people, you know, that's why a lot of original movies fail. Um, a couple of examples, you have like John Carter of Mars. It's a well-made mm. movie, but the name, the length, and the keywords suggest being part of a greater thing. And people commonly go, I don't know what that is. I don't think I'm going to go see it. Whereas it, it's so simple. You keep it simple. People know the clown. Asses are in seats. You're right. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think that they did a really smart move, and, and I, I almost want it to come out in theaters and like when they're listing it it's not it chapter two it's just it again like they just say it i wouldn't be surprised everybody's gonna know yeah i wouldn't be surprised that'd be cool so yeah the uh they don't have a release date yet but the director and writer the writers are definitely coming back and the director is expected to return Ooh, we're gonna get a lot more crazy stuff give me the old stuff oh yeah so suicide uh, let's use that let's use that to segue into our main topic of the evening uh, we are discussing Stephen King's newest adaptation. Girls Trip. Great. <laughs> nope. Weird adaptation. Not, Didn't expect it, Stephen. Not even a little bit. Uh, you're all wrong. You're, just, you're as full of surprises, Uncle Stephen. It, it, it is the most interesting adaptation of misery I've ever seen. Yeah, right? You're all wrong. He just elbow walks in and he shoots <laughs> Kathy Bates. What? <laughs> anyway. We're talking about it. It. Stephen King's newest adaptation. It. Full spoilers for the film uh, to follow. Breaking box office records. Yeah, it broke, broke box office records, and that's really cool. Uh, but first, let's get some initial thoughts on this film. I'm not starting with you, Ben. Uh, starting <laughs> with Ryan. We wanted to make Ben wanted to make it explicit because how he feels about horror movies. <laughs> and uh, I put a hard <laughs> yeah. note to that one. Yeah, you did. You did. Uh, this movie's awesome, you guys. This movie's awesome. It's not even just a good horror movie. It's just like a great movie, like all the way through. I really, really liked it a lot. Yeah, uh, uh, Sparks. Oh man, I love this movie. Matt and I have both seen it twice now. We we freaking. I wanted I time. wanted to see it again. Uh, Matt, it's worth doing. There you pick up on more things a second go around. I, yeah, I, it's a very, it's a yeah. very densely packed movie. There are a lot of character beats and subtle details that kind of reveal themselves the more you pay attention. 
Yeah, I, I would agree with that. This film, to me, was was honestly one of the most terrifying experiences I've ever seen. And, uh, you know, kind of I'm a baby, but also I just thought it was a really well-made story with a re- with really great scares. Yeah. And, Ben, mind you, you cannot curse. I'm not going to. <laughs> I have, I, the filter is on. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> I almost just all the cursing. First I just of all, thank you the whole for thing. thank you for for seeing it because I know <laughs> I know horror movies aren't your forte, so I appreciate you toughing one out. No, um, now what'd you say? You're a Stephen King expert. I will punch oh. you. <laughs> anyway, your initial thoughts. Man. Sorry, <laughs> I almost broke Fanny's hand. Yeah, there were many times in this movie Drink. where I was just squeezing. Her. I was trying to uh, escape escape the fear. <laughs> well, not escape the fear, but just trying to get myself in a mindset where it's like. It's not it, real. Where I, yeah, well, it's yeah. not real, but also where I could handle it. No, that's what I mean. You got to remember, like, oh, this is a movie. This is oh, no, much. no, buddy. I couldn't sleep for two days. Oh, yeah. I, I'm surprised I was able to sleep last night. I, I'll t- like, the way I handle fear is weird. Like, when I first started going on roller coasters, I imagined I was a mobile suit Gundam pilot. That's actually awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually really cool. Yeah, and for some reason, when I was watching it, I kept telling myself, it's like, just... Like um the part where Pennywise has like the teeth and he's going at where the slideshow scene. Yeah, I actually just like I owed him man. Up. Yeah, that okay. Was, can I can I quickly yeah, st- yeah, jump in on this quickly one? Quickly jump in there. So that's, that's a great scene. That slideshow scene is a good example of something that's on paper really stupid. Yeah, like yeah. he like a giant Pennywise comes out of the screen with teeth blaring, like scurrying across the floor, and it, like anything time you see is something giant. Tia Dalma in Pirates Three. It yeah. looks stupid. Yeah. But do, this do we, we want to take a, a quick minute from here on out? Just make sure it's super clear. We we, we got some spoilers floating around in here. Oh, we did. Yeah. Oh, we yeah, did. We, yeah. we did. I, ju- I just want to make sure like we're, nah. we're being as you care for the people. It is you possible. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh. Yeah. If you hadn't heard in the top full spoilers, uh, if you haven't seen the film, why well, you still listen to this? You should really go see it. <laughs> you go see you it. should. You should. Put a pause on this see one. But anyway, it's but it's great. one of those things that 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 it, it is it is kind of stupid on another film, but this film handled it handled it really well and some and turned something that could be stupid into something truly terrifying. What yeah. I, what? No. No. So yeah, going back to what I was saying earlier, is like the way I handle fear is like earlier with the roller coasters and Gundam. For this one, I don't know why. I just told myself is like just pretend you're fighting a monster in Final Fantasy. That's okay. it. Like when it, yeah. when when uh, Pennywise was coming at the kids, I was like just holding Fanny's hand. I was like, ah, just like. <laughs> even when the kids went into the house for the very first time, I'm sitting there like I'm sitting there the thinking, it's like, house. no, you guys are going to a dungeon that's way too high level for you. Stop! Why are you yeah. doing this? Uh, <laughs> but all ben, get, get yeah. the XP points, man. Yeah, I think and I that's think that's redundant. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but no, that like that scene. There were XP <laughs> points. This movie was really good. I really had a good time. It did its job. It scared me. There were multiple times in this movie where I literally felt my entire body shiver. And uh, that's probably going to be the last time that we talk about how scary the film is. <laughs> <laughs> probably. I mean, like, it it is it is like pretty scary. And what what I what's good about this horror movie is like when you care about the characters, you actually feel you actually feel. That they're in danger. Oh yeah. Like most horror movies, people get killed left and right, and like you don't care. But you're invested in these characters. So when Penny Rise is actually when he has his mouth on on one of the kids' faces, you're like, is this kid about to die, dude? And I'm freaking out. Like, because I don't remember how it actually ends. Um, the Jewish kid. What was his name again? Stan. 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 I was scared for Stan when he went like with a painted lady. Oh, dude, that was messed up. Yo! That was messed up. And also, going back to Final Fantasy, there's a boss in Final Fantasy team that you have to fight that comes out of a painting. Yeah. So the whole time thinking, why? Just why? Except this one's a whole lot scarier than the no other one. No Metal Gear references in, in, in it, surprisingly. I know. <laughs> but apparently a ton of Final <laughs> Fantasy references. Yeah. Well, just the one. Just the one. Everything else is just me so I could get through the movie and not stand up and go, well, nope, I'm out. Well, we have a... Uh, oh, <laughs> wait. <laughs> um, Matt and Sparks. Um, I... Uh, 
I had multiple times in this movie where I almost walked out and went, nope, that's it. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> there were three yeah. times I wanted to do that so bad. But I'm like, no, I got to get through this for her. I got to get through this for you guys. I, I stuck for, it out for uh, you for guys. The audience. For the audience. Yeah, it's a, it's a real terror train of a ride in that once this momentum gets working, uh, it, it really tugs you along into these dark, spooky places. And uh, that that's one of the things I appreciate about the film. Uh, having really been... Uh, moved and really and having enjoyed the book quite a bit i was worried that uh changes and and the like to the way the fear and all that's executed would bug me but i think they did a remarkably good job of making it super scary and fun in their own way while still kind of staying true to what it was king was trying to do so matt i have a question for you yeah what exactly is pennywise well no i don't want to get into that because that could be spoilers for part two Uh, ah damn it hey have you seen the dark tower yeah, sure. he's a monster. I, I, look, I, I'm not going to say exactly what Pennywise is, but the first film does a really good job of kind of uh, slowly but surely giving him an arc of his own, kind of giving this progression to Pennywise, where bit by bit you are made more aware of the fact that he is not human. He isn't even necessarily of this world or realm as you've seen in dark tower with the pieces left behind there and all that. Um, I've heard it said that, uh, wants to kind of explore the origins of Pennywise in the second film. And as the internet is wont to do, everyone's flipping out. Oh no, you're going to ruin it. And I don't know what I'm talking about. So I'm going (laughs) to whine for 20 minutes online. And the book does a good job. Oh, so like our show. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Totally. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, we, we all do it to various extents, but people, you know, have the, have the habit of jumping the gun on things like this. You're right. We do it for an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you've read the book, which is, you know, it's really an undertaking. It's a it's a massive tome. They get into that stuff, but still leave it for the most part vague enough to where. Pennywise's mystery isn't completely ruined. You know, I like the mystery of Pennywise in this film because we we get hints, and not just hints, but flat out, you know, we see images of him in the earliest days yeah. of this town, and I almost get the sense that he started this town himself, mm-hmm. like he like to have like almost a feeding ground, like um that uh that portrait of all like the quote unquote founders of Derry, and you see this who disappeared the next day, yeah, yeah. and though you see the clown face, it wasn't the clown, but it still has like the uh, it's clownish. It's clownish, yeah, but that that messed me up, man. The look of Pennywise well, gives a yeah, great sense I, of... I, I was going to say, um, in the book, in the original miniseries and all that, it does suggest that from the very beginning, Pennywise has been present in that town, and he is essentially responsible for the leeching of people's lives. He's a cancer that's built into their culture, but he's he's subliminated. He's something that nobody talks about, even though people know he's there on some level. He's very like Freddy Krueger in that way, which is why I thought it was cool. They referenced Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5 in this movie, like kind of acknowledging the similarities of material. It's cool. Yeah. And also something we we talked about in that like subliminal thing was uh, what you noticed the second time around uh, the child's programming on the television shows that all the adults are watching. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All the the adults are watching the same child's programming. And it kind of raises the question when you see the show fully exposed with the moment with Henry, like 
are they even aware of what they're watching? Is it even registering on their in their brains? It is a subliminal thing. The parents have slowly but surely kind of become indifferent, and through their indifference to the suffering of others, they've grown blind. Yeah, these Matt- kids who are they're just kind of entering the world. They're experiencing all that stuff turned up to eleven still. Yeah, actually, I noticed that. Like when Bev comes home and she finds her dad passed out on the couch and he's watching TV. So, so it's like, oh, he was watching TV, but the, he left the TV on. And that kids program was on, but they're talking about going into the sewers. So, I mean, the volume right. was set low. Right. And I'm sitting there thinking, why is she talking about going to the? Oh no. Well, no, that's one of the things. That's one of the things I really liked about this movie because you get the sense that Pennywise is always present. Yeah. It's like what what Matt was saying. Like Pennywise is always watching. He's always there. He is always yeah. in their culture and they're just always and, and in that moment. And kind of like like you said, Matt. Like it feels like every single child somehow has a, has like a connection with Pennywise, and either you survive like these kids did, or you die like the rest of them did. It's like it's like right. everyone kind of knows, but it's like everyone's hush about it. It's like it's it's like spooky. Right. It's a spooky town. He kind of becomes a metaphor in that way, like it's a boogeyman. That's, yeah, but I mean. Even more so than that, he be- in the book, this is explored a lot, and I was impressed by the visual way they kind of conveyed it in the film, considering King has a habit of kind of going on and on about his themes, sometimes to good effect, sometimes not so much. But he kind of becomes a metaphor then for societal ills and tragedies of the past that are overwritten by history and an inability to look at like what's really wrong with the world we've made for ourselves. You know, uh, that's the cool thing about this movie. It's fun, it's lighthearted, it's adventurous. But if you are a fan of the book or you are a fan of those kinds of themes, they've snuck in subtle cues and, and moments that really are are pieces of that greater whole. Right, and I wanted to bring up, I wanted to kind of give this a little bit of structure. I, I've been describing this film to people as a disarmingly whimsical. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got uh, a lot of heart. Pennywise himself as a character is a clown, and clowns inherently... I mean, unless you have a phobia of them, aren't <laughs> really scary. Um, so, but the the score specifically has a sort of John Williams esque uh, theme to it at times. Yeah. There's certain there's yeah. a certain Spielbergianness to it, um, especially with the kids, and it's all there to kind of remind you, not really remind you, but like make you feel like you're safe and you're watching a different movie yeah. until. Pennywise shows up and your brain knows there is dread in that moment. And the film will remind you of Pennywise's presence even if he's not there, such as the case when the kid was being uh, uh, bullied and carved up. Uh, Ben was being carved up by the bullies. And uh, the car drives by and you just see the balloon uh, show up in the back seat. That's rough. And uh, And, and that that kind of magnifies that that theme of of numbness, of indifference. You know, the adults look right at the kids and they kind of have this expression like, there's no emotional reaction at all. It's just kind of, oh, that's the town we live in. Let's keep driving. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to touch on a couple of those moments uh, that I noticed. Uh, the, the moments that Pennywise is always there, but not really present in the plot. Um, for instance, like the television program up until the end, uh, like the moment in the car. But I also wrote on another one. Um, one, of m- one of the things that really scared me, and I, I'm sure you picked up on this, uh, Matt and Smarks, but uh, Sparks. Uh, Smarks? Sparks. <laughs> He's a smart Sparks. Smarks. Um, but there's this bit. Where the kid Ben is looking in, is in the library, and we see the zoom. Uh, you know, the the pages are zooming into the decapitated head of the Easter explosion. And uh, whenever it does a wide shot of the kid looking at the book, you see two figures in the background. One of them is motionless reading the book, and the other one is smiling at the camera. And they're both blurred. I didn't see it in the background. And I felt, and I when I noticed that, I couldn't keep my eyes off of her. And 
the, the movie doesn't call attention to them because it doesn't really want you to, but it wants you to give the subliminals. Pr- Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it wa- it wants you it wants you to feel that if you catch it, that Pennywise is there watching this moment. He's he's like in every scene, really. Like even when he's not there, he yeah. truly is. Even when the when the when the African American kid is being beaten up, he turns around and he just he's Pennywise. Mike, I think Mike. Yeah, Mike. Uh, he just turns around and he just he's Pennywise munching on an arm, and he just Pennywise <laughs> just waves at him. Yeah, that that was up. not scary but, at all. But those moments don't amount to anything. Like the librarian doesn't sc- doesn't scare the kid. Pennywise yeah. doesn't attack the kids. Those moments are just there. He so just, he's he's, he's a- there. He's just building fear for the eventual chomp chomp chomp. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think that was really well done, really well established. Yes, I, I agree. When we, Matt and I both saw that, and it's it's a really great touch. There's a lot of good little pieces thrown into yeah, the film. It's are. so densely packed with detail that it's it's just killer. Yeah, it's. I related it to to Fury Road in that Fury Road was a you know nonstop rock and roll action spectacular. But if you were paying attention there was a constant undercurrent of philosophy and deeper themes. And I feel like this film took a very similar route to just wanting to be nonstop entertaining. But if you want the brain food, it's still present. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I think that's, I think that's really clever filmmaking. I, you know, when I saw the film the first time I, I thought to myself, it's not the movie I would have made as a huge fan of the book, but it's still really good upon seeing it the second time, the way that they chose to handle things uniquely to the film just raised my opinion of it even more it's a it's a really cool blend of doing your own thing and sticking to roots yeah i kind of i kind of want to piggyback off that when we came out of it the first time it wasn't you specifically but someone we were with was saying like the humor was too high specifically with the character richie it was too funny too often Trash and and i was saying that i felt on a second viewing it wouldn't feel that way because you'd know the jokes and it would feel more like Richie is making jokes because that's how he responds to fear. And that would be much more present upon a second viewing when you're not laughing at the jokes and having seen it a second time, would you agree that that's, yeah, that is there, the feeling you get from it? There are little subtleties in his performance where when you stop laughing, he becomes more sympathetic and also more of a nuisance because yeah. it's this thing of like, like in the book, they, they call him trash mouth. He's always running his mouth because that's his only defense. That's all that kid has got. Like when, and, when uh, they ask him, um, "What are you scared of?" and he turns around, and he sees a clown just staring at him. Yep. Uh, and it's just a normal clown just staring at him, yeah. and he's just clowns. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, was, I turned. I turned to my friend who I was with. I was like, "That guy's in for a really bad day." <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you got the worst of it. No, you know the room he was in, all with all the clowns and the pictures of the clowns. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think yes. that was awful. <laughs> yeah, that was awful. But uh, Matt. Correct me if I'm wrong, because Fanny thinks that she saw like a, the Tim Curry. There is. There, there is. Yeah. Oh, she there was in there. It's, yeah, it's he's, there. he's directly left of the coffin. Yeah, he's uh, there. Yeah, he, he, it's just, it's again, it's so densely packed as a moment that your eyes are kind of looking all over because you're tense, because you don't know what's going to move, what mm-hmm. isn't, that you you blink and you miss it, but he's right there in, cl- in cl- uh, clear sight. Awesome. A great little homage. Awesome, cause I, cause yeah, like you said, in that room when um, Reggie was in that room, I was darting my eyes left and right, trying to find out which clown, which one of these clowns is gonna move. All of them. <laughs> it was all of them. <laughs> Trick answer was all of them. Uh, I don't think this movie would work as well if these kids weren't so freaking good. No, and I want to. No, and I, I usually hate way, kids. Yeah. Great way to segue, because so. I did want to oh, talk yeah. about the performances of this of this film, and I think Killing um, man. Uh, before we talk about Pennywise, who I also want to touch on, but yeah. I think uh, all of these kids. Uh, we're great, and one of them is from Stranger Things, so obviously we know he's good. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's good to see him; his range. He can play 
di- a different a different kid. Um, these these kids have such good chemistry together, yeah. and they're doing the talk show rounds all together. So like they're all friends, and mm-hmm. it's like you clearly see like when when actors get along together, it makes the performance so much better, and it's oh, yeah. it shows. Yeah, it's gonna be difficult to follow them up with adults. Yeah, Man, it, it is. I, it's gonna be super interesting. What that second movie is gonna be? No, I yeah, just like you, Ryan. I also some a lot of times don't like kid actors. But these kids, I believed every single second of them on screen. I believed um, when um, Billy think. was falling in love with Beverly, and then when Ben they're had gazebos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. Um, oh, the what was that kid's name? I forget their names. Eddie. 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 Yeah. Like when Eddie was finally taking a stand to his mom, or when Ben was also. Oh, poor little smart. Ben. <laughs> that sucks. Because do you know how many times that's happened to me? You've had you've had somebody carve somebody your name into no, your stomach. No. That's crazy, dude. Well, no. Get the look at. Thank God. Call the police. No. Gonna swell. <laughs> Thank God that never happened. I'm talking. I'm talking about what happened with Beverly. Oh. But uh, I, oh, I even let's my- not go with heartthrob, Ben. Yeah, please. But even with Mike, how every single time these kids were on screen and all of them interacting with each other and interacting with the world around them and Pennywise, I believed every single second. It to me, they never overacted. They never underacted. Like when uh, um the kid from Stranger Things, Reggie, when he was running his mouth, Richie, uh, Finn Wolfhard, Richie or Reggie, Richie, 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 Rich, got it. Like when Richie was running his mouth, at first I'm thinking, man, he's so annoying. But then I'm like, no, that's his way of getting through this. Exactly. Yeah, and I think all the kids uh, do a, do a really good job performing their specific roles. Um, mm-hmm. Specifically, um, Mike, main Mike. kid, Mike. Mike's no, Mike's Mike. the American American one. Um, who's the main there's, kid? There's Eddie. There's a lot, Billy. Billy. There's a lot of characters, man. Eddie. Right. Billy, Billy is the brother of Georgie. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Billy yes. Georgie. Uh, oh man. Can we talk about Georgie for a second? Oh. Georgie was terrific. Dude, that arm chomp at the beginning. Oh, <laughs> oh man. That kid's like seven, dude. Come I wanna, on. I want to talk about that Georgie arm chomp. Um, I was talking with some people about this. One thing that makes it so great for me is that it had the balls to show violence to a small child, which most films, let alone horror films, won't show you. That You'll get the idea of it. You'll get the impression like Georgie will just disappear. Or that kind of thing. Right. They showed it. Yeah. And I was like, yes, yeah. you did it. You well, put it right out there. Good for you. Yeah, it, it drives home the real evil of who Pennywise is, is as a character. He doesn't care about the adults. He has the adults in his pocket without them even being aware of it. His food is children. And by doing <laughs> that early in the story, both in the book, the miniseries, this, just, just as a story element, by getting that horrific moment out of the way, you right away know what you're dealing with, the kind of evil you're looking at. Absolutely, but I also just, I have to praise them for having the balls to show it as visually as they did. Especially so like, many films will shy away from a moment like that, and they just went for it, and I think it makes the whole film so much more effective after that. When uh, when Pennywise is using Georgie to, to lure Billy into the basement, um, and he's and you, you see uh, Billy starts to decay a bit as you see Pennywise's arm is inside is 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 using him as a as a puppet. Georgie? I did not yeah. notice mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Oh I, yeah, I yeah Georgie starts to decay. Oh, to yeah, decay that, a that bit. Was I noticed that, but I didn't notice that Pennywise was using him as a puppet. I yeah, just, you see oh, yeah. you see Pennywise's yeah. arm. Uh, oh, uh, uh, yeah. oh, it's really freaky. I think <laughs> I think um, when they when they decide to to murder like a seven year old like immediately like five minutes into the movie, I think that sets the the, the stakes and the standards really high. You're like, okay, they're not messing around. Like you said, like Absolutely. they're going all in. Nobody is safe. No, now just hearing that, Matt <laughs> Sparks. I know you guys seen it twice. After that, I walked out of that movie thinking, okay, I'm good. I kind of want to see it again. Now we kind of do just so I can catch all the stuff I'm missing. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. I don't want to put myself through that again. The next time I watch this movie will be in full daylight. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> with all the <laughs> lights Lines open, with all the lights on as well. Man, I, I was gonna say, like, really, that's the point of the movie, though, man. You gotta get back in the house and face the clown. It's exactly. the only way to grow up, dude. Monster <laughs> you house. Gotta, you gotta do it. I saw this movie at ten o'clock last night. That was such a bad idea. I'm driving home. If I have any little blit of red, I'm like driving the opposite direction. All the stop signs. You're just like ah. ah. Oh man, when uh, when when Mike uh, is attacked, is uh, quote unquote attacked in the in the the metery. Uh, the bake, oh, the, yeah. and and he's you see Pennywise is like chomping on some dude, and oh, he just yeah. turns back, and you see him behind the curtain, and he just uh, waves. Oh, so guys, am, am I wrong or was that a sheep? Yeah, I think he was. Pennywise was wrestling sheep. with yeah. a sheep. I think yeah, he was. You can, you can hear the sheep, uh, kind of bleeding, like crying for help, and he's just munching on it as it's hungry. Yeah, because you just had Mike not want to shoot one, and Pennywise is chomping I, on one. I will say, uh, my 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 one thing against this film. Didn't need to see sheep die. I'm just gonna put it out there. Eh, that's eh. just a personal thing. I hate to see animal abuse on screen. Yeah, well, I'm good. I also don't it. like to see people die though, so well, that's you different. Know, you know what? I, I I gotta say, this isn't. Despite those moments, this isn't a very violent film for an R rating. It's it really isn't. I think it earns its R rating more on its language than its violence. Yeah. The thing is, it does what many great horror films do. It's not overabundantly violent but when there is violence it serves a purpose it counts and it bothers you mm-hmm. sure yeah and that's and that's how that's how it should it's be impactful. you know by by showing that moment with the sheep it helps drive home the perspective of mike and what he's afraid of doing and becoming yeah i think i think that's actually an important moment um whereas had they chosen to let uh henry is that the bully's name? The main yeah. Yeah. yeah Henry. They chosen to let Henry shoot the cat. I would be more against that. Oh yeah. But they right. didn't wind up showing it. They that mullet. No, no, but it, it look, which was enough. Look, it's it's a moral thing. It's just a moral thing. Oh, okay. It's not a story wise thing. It's just a moral thing. And uh, and uh, I will yeah, always it, dock it, points for for something that goes morally yeah, it's, against it's my my fiber. Personally, personally upsets you. That's fair. Yeah. That's, no, fair. that's, that's fair. Um, um, that's all I was getting at. My one knock was um. Richie just saying the f bomb a lot, yo man. That's how know. kids talk, dude. I, you know how often I was flipping the bird, like at like the playground, thinking I was a cool kid. Like that's. Do totally you remember realistic. when you texted us? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Dude, you swear more than anybody. <laughs> but I'm an yeah. adult now. And, and I was gonna, I was gonna say, I mean, all these kids, they're like preteens, so they're in junior high, they're in middle school, and I gotta say, my memories of middle school, that was such a vulgar time and place. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. You know, because so many kids were just beginning to discover sex and oh, yeah. and and violence and, and language and all these different things. Because, you know, up to that point in elementary school, you're very shielded. And then you're kind of pushed out into the broader world. And that's where these kids are. Mm-hmm. And they have different ways of dealing with it. Yeah. And I, I and again, I, I, can, I can see why it would personally bother you. But at the same time, I, I think it's justified a big part of the, the book. I'll keep it brief because I, I keep coming back to the book and that's not what we're talking about. A big part of the book is King pushing various taboos, uh, language, violence, sex. Like I know of like one a, they took out of the movie and that was a good idea. Right. It's, a, it's an obstacle course of all these different things, seeing what scares you, what upsets you. And at the same time, acknowledging that each of them takes place in the world on some level. What does it say about me when I have an issue with this? It's it's interesting. It's it, in its own way like by that. being so long and detailed. It's almost like a Rorschach test of a horror book. Yeah, I could say that. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, it goes to what I said. Like the the animal thing is goes against my moral. Th- what does that yeah. say about me? That has to eat meat. Yeah. <laughs> and plus, he was going to deliver those to the butcher anyway. Yeah. Well, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> um, Pennywise was awesome. Yeah. Let's go to let's Billy get to Pennywise. Guard. My goodness. Uh, wow. Uh, his voice. I want to talk briefly about his voice because I thought his voice was. Uh, both uh, whimsically high and uh, uh, um, disturbingly deep. Take it. At one, at one. No, he's not Palpatine. No, I know. I just want to be Palpatine. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Uh, no, it's, uh, <laughs> like when you first see him talking, um, I can't. I can't do it justice. I'm but a dancing clown. I'm the dancing yeah. clown. Yeah. Yeah. You like want shaking his rings. You want your boat back? Yeah. yeah, it's take it. Uh, it's really, day. and you see him like drooling when he mm. sees when he sees the kid. No, like it's, it's really he's. Excellent. I'm just saying, if if you're Cotton dumb enough to, to take that boat from this clown, you're gonna die. You deserve to die. Sorry, Georgie. Just saying. Sorry, sorry. Come at me, folks. But that's why he picked the clown. No, I know. Because people like clowns. I'm just being silly. No, um. what really got me was um for with Billy Skarsgård's performance was the fact that yeah he does go whimsically. He's like, oh yeah, I am a happy clown and everything's fine. But then he says, or take your take your boat, or Billy will kill you. And then it's like gets menacing, and then of course Georgie goes to grab it. Then you see the teeth, and then well, that. I was I was gonna say to to add on to what you're saying right there, something that is at the core of Pennywise's character and what you're seeing there is he's a child predator. He's using the same tricks that adult menaces do to get away with things. Oh. You can't tell anybody about this. So and so will be so upset. It's between you and me now. Mm. And it's and it's it's much more present in the book, but it is present in the movie too. Oh, I yeah. did not catch yeah, that. I caught yeah. on that. I feel that. I the yeah. only the only thing was missing was him in an ice cream in an ice cream truck oh. or a van. Free candy, <laughs> clown yeah, candy. But, but Bill Skarsgård did a really good job of embodying this idea of Pennywise being more than than just the clown. Like you and I have talked about this a lot. Yeah. With with him. Kind of not knowing how clowns actually work. Right, right. Like something I I thought when I saw clips, and I I still think it when I see it, he's kind of dopey. He's kind of stupid. There's something, (laughs) like there's something really demented and broken about him. And that that is in his voice, in his face, the way his eyes trail off. God, I love the way his eyes trail off. He's just broken machinery, you know? And... And it's like there's a there's a subtle moment in the book where it describes it deciding to take the form of a clown for the first time. And its logic is like it. I think the exact line is because after all, what child didn't love a clown? No. <laughs> and, and even in that, it shows a fundal like fundamental misunderstanding of what it's doing. Kids hate clowns. They freak out. They scream. They cry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but the, the thing is that this thing is seeing children around clowns and it's like, oh, they must love them. It's like uh, it's like uh, John Travolta in uh, Battlefield Earth. Oh, no. They must really love this rat. Look how slowly they eat it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I get this, you. There's this weird disconnect that I think Bill Skarsgård handles really well with Mr. Paul. We we see him kind of move unnaturally as well, like when he's oh, when he slinks back. It doesn't when he comes out of the refrigerator. It's like glitch. Yeah. Um, oh. What was the other one? Uh, when he dances. The when dance, we... That's one of the only things on the second viewing still unsettled me. Something about the fact that his body's moving, but his face isn't, and it sounds like elephant hooves. It's just and it's just everything thing. is just gyrating except for his oh, face. That oh, scared me. It's a creepy image. No, that yeah, was one of the scenes that actually got me shivering from fear. <laughs> the way you describe <laughs> it, you were shivering throughout the whole movie. He was really cold. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually just really cold. What, one of the moments that 
we both really liked is the moment where uh, he comes running at Billy uh, in the cellar, and then when Billy gets away, he just kind of slides off. Yeah, and his he like, eyes roll back right, right off the He stairs. just kind of hits his head on the baseboard and lets his eyes roll into the back of his head and slides away. There's almost a laziness about it. Like, that was huh, super creepy next too. Next time, yeah. Yeah, it's it's really cool. I do we want to do we want to compare the performances of Tim Curry and Bill Skarsgård at all here? No, uh, not. no, because I haven't seen the original miniseries, so I can't. Really, you're a it. king expert. I will. Hunt, I was, I was I gonna will. say because I, I think they complement each other really well as different aspects of the character. I almost feel like it's a Jack Nicholson Heath Ledger. That was my kind of exact situation. thinking of this actually. Yeah, and they're clowns too. Hey, look out! Yeah. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> we'll all float down here. That's, that's oh, a fair right. comparison. I feel. That's, yeah. that's a pretty good analogy for yeah, me. Uh, correct yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but I heard that the uh, the floating children uh, is not uh, explicitly stated in the book. No, it's it's not explicitly stated in, in the book. Not, not that I can recall. It's been a little bit since I read the book. But essentially, when he said, you'll float too, it was basically just, there are a bunch of dead bodies in the <laughs> sewer. They don't sink. Their bellies are full of gas. Yeah. They're buoyant, you know. Uh, but I didn't think that. I mean, out of all the changes, some that bothered me, some that didn't. That's one that didn't. I thought it. I thought it fit just fine with what they were. Doing. Can we touch on the ones that did bother you? Uh, sure. I mean, if you want to. I think I think this is a really good movie, but I think like as as you are the Stephen King quote unquote expert, I'd like to know some things that like even could improve the movie more, or certain things like you know they uh, this was a little uh, mismatched or something. Yeah, I'd like to know to know uh, the the things that quote unquote bothered you, uh, especially because we've been talking about things that we really like, uh, and you know as uh, like let's talk about stuff that you didn't like specifically, and then we'll talk about things that maybe we didn't like as as film going audiences. But, Educate us, uh, but take it away. Um. Okay. So, something to know out of the gate. I love the movie. I love it. Uh, I think it's great. I think it's a great adaptation that, that does its own thing while staying true to the spirit of the book. But that said, uh, there are a couple of subtle changes that didn't really seem to have a reason that bothered me. Uh, one key example, you have the character of Ben, the, the chubby guy, and you have the character of uh, Mike, the black kid. And with those characters in the movie, Ben is a historian. Mike just works on a farm. In the book, Mike is a historian, and Ben is into engineering, and it results in very different character traits and a different arc for those characters. That's not a huge thing where I was like, oh, I can't believe you did it, but it did kind of make me wonder when Mike's character feels so thin compared to some of the other kids, why did you do it that way? That I thought was kind of weird. Sure. Um, And then Pennywise is awesome. His scares are great. It gives me the feeling of walking into a haunted house and things jumping out and saying boo and all the creepy aesthetic. It's so much fun. But when he isn't taking the form of various monsters and things in the book, he is a stand-in for genuine human evils. Um, And I felt that was kind of, you know, not to any fault of the filmmakers. They had to figure out what to condense and what not to. But I felt like that was kind of skipped compared to how much more deeply it could have been explored, the, the human evil. So I'll give you an example in the book. It's a spoiler early on. Uh, there are these kids who are being interviewed by the police. Well, not interviewed, interrogated is the word. But they're being interrogated by the police for having thrown a young gay man off a bridge, um, the kissing bridge, which you, which you see Ben, uh, you know, kind of harassed on. They beat him up and they throw him off the bridge and try to kill him because he's gay and it makes him uncomfortable. And in that moment when that's taking place, Pennywise is at the bottom of the bridge kind of urging them on, 
like making kissy faces and being like, oh, you don't want him to be better than you, or kind of leaning into this. And when they throw him off the bridge, Pennywise like drags this guy down into the sewer. And in this moment, you have the bullies actually crying because they're so frightened and they realize what they've done wrong. And it kind of draws home the idea that Pennywise wants you to be hateful. He wants you to be ignorant and afraid and sick. And that wasn't as present in the movie. They mess with it with certain elements like the, the molesty uh, uh, pharmacist or Bev's dad or things like that. Like it's, it's there. And considering they went the crowd pleaser route, it's there an appropriate amount to kind of keep that cohesive. But these are things that I would like to see explored more in the second half, because I feel that a lot of the story's power is in relating the fictional evils to the real world ones. It all, it all comes back to Stephen King's quote, we make up uh, fake horrors to help us deal with the real ones. And mm. that is present in the adaptation in a way that, that keeps the flow consistent and makes for an awesome movie. But it's something that I think is a bigger part of it um, that I would like to see explored more in the second half. That's the, that's the real consistent like tonal change that kind of bothered me. But again, seeing on a second viewing and looking at the film for what it is and what they tried to do, I think they've made a remarkable film and one of the most entertaining big budget Hollywood horror films to be made in years, really. Yeah, totally. Um, so, so I'm not, I'm not knocking it because I, I love it on its own terms. I just, these are things that I think deserve to be fleshed out more somewhere, and maybe they will be because they're definitely touched on briefly in this initial film. Sure. Um, right. So that's that's the big thing for me. I don't want to take too much time on stuff like that because it, it sounds like I'm, I'm talking down. And I'm really no, not. no, no, of course. No, um, one of the things that I, I didn't much care for was um, I think that Mike was severely underdeveloped. And I would have liked to have seen him... Uh, hey, he used met the, cow, the cow the I think, gun machine on Pennywise. No, but I think if they... If they no, he didn't. No, I'm kidding. Uh, if he had, uh, I don't know, met up with the Losers Club earlier... Yeah. Uh, I think his character could have had more to do, more uh, to be fleshed out. But as it is, he only really gets involved with the with the Losers Club until uh, pretty late in the movie. Yeah, yeah. A lot of characters in there they got to deal with. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I thought Mike was handled pretty well. I I feel like if anyone was underdeveloped in a way, it was more Richie than Mike, because I think Mike has the through line of his story with Henry and what happened with his parents. You know, you got to remember mm, that yeah. we open up we open up after Georgie with Mike first. And it's Mike not wanting to kill the sheep and, and where that sets the tone for his character. And then, uh, as Matt pointed out after his first time seeing it, you kind of disconnect because it happens so early in the film. I, I mean, some people will disconnect that the hands reaching out that Mike first sees are acknowledging what he says later about his parents trying to reach in through the door. And because it's mentioned later in the film, not everybody connects the dots of how powerful of a moment that was. Okay, because it's kind yeah. of retroactively powerful. Yeah, and so and 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 so yeah, I this is really a compliment to the film for me that they managed to take a book that's I want to say one thousand one hundred and thirty-eight pages long. Sixty-three. Oh, Sixty-three. Oh, sure. Well, Steven. there's that. It's 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 massive, and it, and for the first half of the story. They did a very, very good job picking and selecting and choosing what to condense and how to condense it. Um, 
they also, I noticed on a second viewing, they planted a lot of seeds for moments that take place later in the story. They planted a lot of, I'm not going to give any of that away, but there are a lot of things in here I can see they made a point of lingering on in shots or, or, or making mention of that are going to feel, I think, a lot uh, more stirring and profound in the second half. Yeah, one of the things that I did really like is that this film does stand alone, like wholeheartedly, like this. Oh, this, yeah. Uh, this doesn't overtly set up anything. It is just oh, it's not setting up the it cinematic universe. Oh boy, the IC, the Stephen King cinematic Stephen, universe. Yeah, man, I guess that's mean? true. Never mind. <laughs> it's already um, existed. That's, that's the, the KCU, the King the cinematic. KC- yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I really, I really, I really like that. One of the things um, I wanted to touch on uh, with all of you is how do we feel about the ending, um, uh, the the fight between Pennywise and the kids? How do we feel about that? Um, because it, it, I liked it, but I've I've been listening to a couple of reviews where they do talk about that as a, as a low point of the film, and I, I don't know if I agree wholeheartedly on that one, but I do kind of see what the argument from. for it being a low point. What's what's the argument? Uh, it just kind of devolves into a uh, generic uh, action fight sequence. Well, it's a bunch of like ten year olds fighting a demon clown. Like I don't know how much more you want. Like what <laughs> well, you want them to get machine guns or something? Okay, well. First off, I, I love that scene. Yeah, I don't have a problem with handled. it. I think it could be pro- possibly filmed a little a little bit better. It has kind of a Paul Greengrass, like, shaky cam thing going on a little bit, but it's still a great scene. I think it's executed really well. Spider legs. Um, in the, yeah, spider legs. I love I loved the acknowledgement of, of the, the creature inside what Pennywise is and all that. But, it, like, in the book and the original miniseries, they do get at that what their weapon is is the power of belief which might have been hard to express in the way their film was written. It's this idea that what protects you against your fears is what you stand for, what you believe in. And I think in that way, it possibly could have been a little bit deeper, but I still think they did a good job of handling that scene in a way that really makes you feel the turning of the tables. Yeah, I I disagree with feeling like it, it wasn't handled well because almost each kid is faced with a representation of what we've known to be their fear. Almost each. Yeah. Uh, when they decide to hit him because he turns into the leper and throws up on Eddie and Eddie's like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and he hits him and then uh, turns into Bev's dad and she slams the pipe down his throat, um, sprouts out a whole bunch of hands from burning fire uh, out of his mouth at Mike. Like, he, he specifically tries to target the fears at the kids, and the He's kids say, that's not going to work on us. Right. And that's and that's why I feel like the fight is extremely effective. You get all those moments happening. Yeah, I stupid dig it. I think some people are... are are worried that like a bunch of kids are trying to fight the super demon. Like they don't, they don't believe that they can do it. They're, they're not scared of him. He feeds off fear. When you don't aren't scared of him anymore, you can fight him. That's I remember, why they can't. I remember the specific, uh, specific argument against it. And no, I'm not saying I agree no, yeah, with it, but like yeah. it, that it reminds people too much of the bug art. Of the Bogart fights oh, oh. in Harry Potter. Well, that's well, it came the first. So. Prison of Aspen. I mean, yes, that's, it did. So I can't. I'm not even. Uh, that's that. a, in my opinion, that's a wimpy excuse. And anybody who says that the fight isn't effective in showing the idea that it's the kids' belief uh, that they can face their fear and beat it that isn't portrayed well, I think, isn't paying enough attention. I agree. Right. And and this this like reminding people of other things that. I gotta say that really that really irritates me because like an argument I've heard is oh this is Stranger Things and it's like some somebody in the like, bathroom it's like yeah. I'm sorry I I know the similarities are there but that's because Stranger Things is it not because it is Stranger Things yeah 
like, and that's, ah, oh man. Just I mean, there was the argument when John Carter just, came out. When John Carter yes, came out, exactly. everyone was like, oh, it's Star Wars. Yeah. But no, John Carter came first. Uh, let's right, start exactly. wrapping up. So let's get, uh, let's get. Well, can uh, I talk about the fight scene? Yeah, we're getting you. Uh, oh, yeah. No, um, I actually, I enjoyed the fight scene. I thought the fight scene was awesome because that was the part where, like, when Bev first tells Pennywise, when she first gets to the final boss room, per se, saying, like, I'm not afraid of you. And he's like, oh, you will be. And then she gets rescued. And then, of course, they all realize, like, yeah, we're not scared of you. But my, my favorite parts of that is where Pennywise has Billy and says, I c- I'll let all of you go. You can live right. old. Just leave me right. him. And then, of course, right. Richie is like, you punch me in the face. I actually face. thought that's how it was going to end. Yeah, yeah right. you punch See me ya. in the face. You do all the stuff to me. And then he grabs back and is like, now I have to kill this effing clown. And then they just start wailing on him. That was like the, I was like, yes. And that awesome. of itself is Richie facing his fear. Yeah. Cause so, for us, again, it's like subtle details. I mean, they're there, though. Yeah. And, and the other thing that I think makes that fight work so well in delivering that message isn't just like that they showed the fear and that the kids are facing their individual fears, but Bill Skarsgård's performance of playing Pennywise looking desperate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Hills looking like he's losing right. you can, and you desperate can see and defeated and you can afraid. see it. Yeah. And that's and that's really the significance of that moment. It has never known fear. He uses every weapon, weapon as a disposal, and he and right. all these kids have conquered it. Yeah, right. I and that's and that's again that's one of the things that has me really psyched for part two because the mo changes just a little bit, and I'm excited to see how they handle that. Yeah, but take yeah. that, all you normal reviewers. <laughs> 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 no, cause, uh, but I honestly thought that was a really good end uh, end to the film. I thought it was a really good fight scene. I really enjoyed it. This I, is a this is a smarter horror film. Like you really do have to pay attention to things, because yeah. otherwise it just looks oh, like yeah. a normal fight. Yeah. But every representation I, of their fear is there, and you have to look for it. Yeah, let's get it's the it's yeah. the Shang Tsung Luke Kang fight. Oh, dude, your soul is mine. <laughs> I, I do want to touch on a nitpick that I didn't get to. Oh yeah, sorry, um, or sorry negative critique. Um, it's hard to see him. I, <clears throat> I, uh, I I read the whole thing. I think you probably saw this too, Matt. Um, where they said in an early version of the script because they didn't put in the whole controversial sewer scene sure. but they talked which, about which, which they talk, I, I which i i'm gonna let you run with it in just a second okay uh but they talked about uh, a script for this originally had a moment where bev grabbed each boy's hands uh face in their hands and that was they they had an idea of acknowledging that moment without doing that moment and i kind of wish some amount of that had been in there even without doing the controversial scene something acknowledging the same message i wish had been present how do you feel about that Oh man, that's a without going too far down that rabbit hole. Oh, that's a can of worms. <laughs> um, Get a can opener. Get closer, I, Matt. I I gotta I gotta be careful how I say this. Um, I I read the book and so I read that scene, and given the content of that scene, I think it was handled about as tastefully and emotionally as it could have been. I think most of the people who are like, oh, that scene, haven't actually read the book. It just the reputation precedes it. Um, that's just my argument. I'm not going to get too deep into it. It is a weird moment. But, yeah, I mean, the idea is there was something that bound them all together as a seed of memory there in the sewer. And I feel like what has taken the place of that is when Bill clutches the jacket left behind by Georgie and they all kind of have that catharsis together, followed by the mm. holding of hands next to the riverbank. Right, right. So I, I feel like the message is still conveyed without necessarily getting into that moment, which deals more with the sexual exploration and taboo present in the novel. Like, again, it's it's those things where changes were made, and a lot of the changes, I respect them as pieces that add up 
to a successful version they were trying to make. That if that makes solid. sense. Yeah, totally. That that does once once you put it in perspective with the Georgie thing combined with the moment at the river and I looking at both of them together, I see that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get into final thoughts. Ooh. Uh, Ryan. Yo, man. Uh, uh, this is an awesome movie. I uh, there's been a couple good horror movies here. I didn't. I haven't seen uh, Annabelle or. Ouya, Spirits of Origins of Evil, or whatever the hell it's called. Ouija? Ouija? Ouya? That's a video game console. Ouija. Ouya. <laughs> I'm just calling it Ouya from now on. Uh, this Ouya. movie is like, I was truly startled, and I don't like jump scares. I think that's cheap. And like in I every agree. horror movie, like jump scares are fine every once in a while. This movie actually like had me tense, and it had me caring about these characters, and Pennywise was scary, and I got to see cool Lovecraftian stuff, and I'm all about it. So I thought this movie was dope as hell. Sparks? Uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed everything about this film. I'm really happy to be able to talk to people and say, it's a great movie. It's not just a great horror movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. I uh, Something that Matt and I talked about when we came out is we loved hearing audience members talking about the kids. Not just Pennywise, but the kids. Like, just being so invested in that. That's awesome to see. I'm really glad that it's had the largest box office opening of any horror film. It's I think it's well deserved. It's killing it, man. I think it's I think it's just great, and I hope that that means that they're going to let them do whatever they want to do with the sequel. Matt? Um, it's not necessarily the movie I would have made, but I love it. I think it's a great film. I think it does a good job being its own thing while incorporating elements of previous horror films like Evil Dead and John Carpenter's Thing and all these different things to make a, a cool new horror movie that is fresh while at the same time... Uh, fondly remembering the horrors of old it's a really cool heartfelt adventurous horror roller coaster and i'd recommend it to most people ben uh... <laughs> is that it that's just your final thoughts you're squealing in the Squeal! microphone ten. <laughs> no uh, you guys know me i don't like horror films th- at all i really i mean there's can't handle the spooks uh spooks <laughs> spooks for some reason, as much as I was not looking forward to this movie, I was not. I I hated the thought of seeing this, and then after it, I'm like, I'm really glad I did, and I kind of do want to see it again, just so I can get all the see all the things that I missed. And did you see it in a in a, uh, a crowded theater? I did. Isn't yeah. it fun to have like atmosphere? Everyone there like were, jumped at the same gr- time. There were people laughs. screaming every like the second we saw Pennywise for the first time. Um, there's some ladies bo- a few rows behind me who were screaming their heads off. Oh yeah. And there's like like the the slideshow scene. Even I almost screamed, but I was like holding my breath, clutching Fanny's hand. And it is a it is honest to god a really good horror movie. It is not just jump scares, which yeah. I'm really happy. The imagery about. is haunting, man. I'm thinking about Pennywise and like and like just him behind the red the red balloon, man. It's like it's it's stuck in my brain. It's scary. Yeah, yeah. and I'm so happy, and it freaks me out that I'm I'm surprised I was able to sleep last night. So yeah, uh, this movie, uh, even if you don't like horror, the, try your damnedest. To sit through this movie because it is, transcends genre. This is worth it. It is honest to God, good. Yeah, one of the things I, I really appreciate about this film is that going into it, a lot of people who generally don't see horror movies are always just kind of like, "Wow, I'm I'm really excited for this." Uh, some people didn't even know it was a horror movie, uh, uh, oddly enough. Uh, but yeah, people uh, people were really excited. I was happy to see that it does so well. Uh, but yes, I I am in the same way, Ryan. I don't like jump scares. I I really don't appreciate them at all. Uh, I think they're lazy, but this doesn't rely on it. It relies on truly terrifying imagery to tell its story uh, and tells a good story. And I think that uh, that that d- does transcend the genre, the genre in a really cool way. Uh, I'm really happy I saw it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, the recent years, we've seen some good horror movies. I think the Conjuring films are really good. Yeah. I love Insidious. Um, 
Well, new, new Insidious coming out. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think this is pretty great. So let's rate it. Uh, let's let's rate it. I would give it a 9.5 yeah. out of 10. Yeah. Uh, ben. Oh, nine. Easy. Yeah. I'll give it a solid nine as well. This nine. was super fun. Sparks. Uh, 9.8. Ooh. Ooh. Matt. 8.5. Yeah. You bitch. No, I'm kidding. You're <laughs> 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 rotten tomatoes. Uh, all right, Matt. Uh, thank you for, for doing that with us. Do you want to stick around for our book club? Sure, man. He's, he's a secretly an Elmer Fudd expert, too. <laughs> <laughs> as our yeah, resident I, Looney Tunes expert. Excuse me. All over my body. <laughs> uh, yeah, so a uh, book club, my turn this, this week. And uh, I have picked Batman Elmer Fudd. Blandon's book club. Number one. Uh, this was Only one. <laughs> this was a delightful surprise. Right? Let me tell you. Uh, I did not expect this book to be as good as it is on paper. It's probably one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. When I texted you, "Hey guys, Batman Over is one of the best comics of the year," would you did you believe me? No, is not it, at right. All. I didn't believe it until I bought it. When I found out that DC was do, they, they were doing Wonder uh, Wonder Woman, I'm like Looney Tune and Hero one shots. Are they like a whole bunch of them? Dude. Is, are they just gonna be like the Looney Tune comic books? Are they gonna be stupid like a cartoon? Ben, be well, but so what they did was they did oh, so so basically just to give you a little bit bit of background with these books they did a, they did a couple one shots uh some are kooky some are not um but each one has a a story done in the dc style and then a story done in the looney tune style on the back uh it's basically the same st- kind of the same story but on the other but on the other like if the other company did it yeah. both are owned by warner brothers so it really makes sense yeah uh they, they decided to pair batman with Humber fudge <laughs> written by tom king both hunters both have tragic backstories both have beautiful lovers uh yeah, this Still was basically <laughs> it's a dark noir story. Oh, Lee Weeks is the art. It's a dark noir story that we follow. Em- Elmer Fudd. What's the name of the story, dog? <laughs> Play for me. Play for me. <laughs> I love how they still wrote. Just Elmer's. read the first line because the first line of the story, you know what story oh, you're getting yeah. to. No, so the first line is sometimes the Wayne comes down so hard you forgot. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even do it. It's so good. Hey, let me try. Let me try. Let me I try. Mean, no, no. Can it, I please try? It's 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 done in Elmer Fudd style. Uh, he talks like that throughout the whole. And it's it's comic. serious. It's serious noir. It's yeah. a detective book. It's a serious noir story. And we see Bugs Bunny and Yosemite. Like we see the like all the other. Uh, we go to this bar, Porky's. Um, it was Porky Pig. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it looks like he's got a pig nose. Yep. Yeah, uh, and they're like. Like uh, human versions of classic Looney Tunes characters. Taz is a cage wrestler guy. Yeah, we've got um, like Tweety Bird is a small, is a uh, a little person trying to hustle a pool. Yeah, man. Oh, uh, uh, Yosemite Sam is playing uh, is playing poker with uh, Foghorn Leghorn. I say, I say, I say, I say, I say. Yeah, man. Uh, Bugs Bunny is this is a hitman. <laughs> Dude, Bugs Bunny's a little jerk in this one. <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah. let's get let's get everyone else in on this. Uh, that's enough of this. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the story in a minute. Uh, but let's get our our guests on here. Uh, Matt Sparks, what the hell did you guys think of about this book? Oh, please, please. Uh, well, uh, I thought it was a surprisingly effective uh, crime noir thriller that managed to generate a surprising amount of sympathy for the character of Elmer Fudd through the combination of such poetic dark monologuing and that comedic kind of stupid delivery something in the mixing of those elements made it more emotionally affecting than i was expecting it to be and it it was an interesting translation of a character whose dealings in life are death um from something that is cartoony and slapstick to something that is straight out of like 
a Humphrey Bogart or Ma- Michael Mann film. Totally like Casablanca with like Looney yeah. Tunes. <laughs> There's this great, so Tweety's line, uh, real quickly, just interject with Tweety's line. Uh, so I say to her, honey, I thought I saw a putty tat. And she moves in that way. You know what I mean? I, I just go, I did. I did see a putty tat. Yeah. <laughs> There's a whole lot of that going on. Uh, Marvin the Martian so, is a homeless, is a crazy homeless man. Of yeah. course. It's so ridiculous. I freaking, the, the adaptations of the characters is so entertaining to watch. Yeah, this was, this was, man. And, 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 man. And Silver St. Cloud gets the dupe on both our boys. I know. So Batman, how, how hilarious. Batman gets involved because uh, Elmer Fudd goes to kill Bruce Wayne because Bruce Wayne supposedly hired Bugs Bunny to kill uh, Silver St. Cloud. Who? The lover of Elmer Fudd. Silver St. Cloud. Silver Silver St. Cloud. Silver St. Cloud. Uh, the lover of Elmer Fudd. Brandon, why are you talking like, why, why are you acting like you don't always talk like this? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, and, and so, and Batman gets, obviously he fails. He like goes into Wayne Manor uh, and just shoots Bruce Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, it was Wayne. excellent. They have to team and then, up, and then Batman has a team up, and they they beat up all the Looney Tunes. <laughs> they, beat, they beat up the Looney Tunes universe. Yeah. No, one of my favorite things about this is like the inner monologues that Elmer has. He's like, like oh, it's all through to, his perspective. Like when he goes to Por- Porky's to find bugs, he's like, "I'm hunting rabbits." <laughs> and then he gets the name. He goes, "I'm hunting billionaire playboys." Shh. I yeah. love that. <laughs> I thought that was really great. Absolutely. And then he finds the Batman. He's like, "I'm hunting bats." Shh. Yeah. Uh, and then they, and then, uh, uh, should we spoil the end of the book? Why That's not? All, folks. <laughs> I think you already did with, with the silver St. Cloud revelation. Yeah. So, oh, so, um, <laughs> so yeah, so let's, let me spoil the book. I mean, it's, it's, uh, comic books are fun <laughs> reads. You can, you can, oh yeah. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the end has, you know, Batman, Elmer Fudd and Bugs Bunny having a drink. <laughs> I, I really like that yeah, where Batman yeah. joins them for it. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. I, I I love that last line that when he's talking about sometimes, sometimes it's Wabbit season, sometimes it's Playboy season, and sometimes it's yours. <laughs> yeah. This season is yours. Yeah. yeah. It's Wabbit season. Sometimes it's Bat season. This man. Sometimes it's yours. Surprisingly Ooh. poignant. No, yeah. I just also love how it ends because Bugs is like, "Hey, Porky, carrot juice, make it two, make it three and then he's like. We're going to run out. And then he's like, that's all, folks. Just the <laughs> way it ends. I'm like sitting there going, how did they take the one of the Man. most iconic ending to cartoons and Man. put it so masterfully in this noir comic Poetic book? Justice. I mean, the fact that this is so... So the Marvel the Martian, Martian Manhunter one that I read, it's cute, but it's very by the numbers, very straightforward. Yeah. This one flips everything on its head. Um, the backup story also written by Tom King. Yeah. Uh, it's the Looney Tunes story, uh, art by Brian Vaughn. Robin season. So (laughs) it's the classic, it's rabbit season, but instead of saying it's duck season, they say it's bat season. It's Batman. And one of the best panels I think is on page two, uh, where they're just like, uh, it's not bat season. It's rabbit season. Think for a second, doc. Think if it's not bat season, then why are there so many bats around? And they look around and there's no bats around. Okay, one second. And he goes away, and he gets the bat signal, turns it on, and Batman just shows up, justice. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I, think, yeah. I think my favorite bit in all that is the change to the Robin season. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's the I, best part. Robin season. I was going to say, I think my favorite of the, the Looney Tunes rendition was just seeing Bruce Wayne get shot in the face. Dude, like 12 times. and again and again. Because it's just... And they, they do the classic, I'm Batman, I'm Batman, I'm Batman, I'm Batman, you're right. Batman, you're Batman. Right, right, right. I, uh, so, I know this is a one-shot, 
and I know all these these are all just fun. I would want I would read we got so DC much more bombshells. We got Gotham Garage. Can we just get like like the like the Looney Tunes Batman verse? <laughs> if they did more of these, like this specific story, Penguin I would read the shit up out of with, that. With with uh, Bugs Bunny and become oh. Crime Lord's dog. Oh, I'd watch it. So good. I'd read what? it. What I want is a, uh, and it's a shame the Looney Tunes show, the new one, isn't running anymore because they used to do like these little shorts in the middle. I want an animated short of this with Kevin Conroy in the Looney Tunes voice cast. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh. I've Dude, never wanted anything that, so much it, in my life. It could happen, oh. man. It oh. could, I could, I believe it. Oh man! Just to make all those shorts into just one movie. Like, yeah, that'd be pretty great. That'd be yeah. so dope. All right. Uh, any other thing? Any other thoughts on our book club this week? Definitely go read it. If yeah. you can find it, the first print is not available in comic book stores Got em. anymore. Uh, the second print is also available on Comicsology. Please pick it up. Uh, let's. Uh, anything else you want? You guys want to add about this one? I think this book's great. Uh, I have all the DC Looney Tunes crossovers. The the second best ones: Looney Tunes and Legion of Superheroes. Check it out. It's good. Bugs Bunny Legion. Bugs Bunny. What I say. Looney Tunes. Oh well, it's yeah. I mean, Bugs, same B- thing. But Bugs yeah. Bunny, but same it's thing. Solo Bunny and Legion. The book's really fun and space, yeah. space I, fun. I want to say that the visual artwork was far better than the story had any right to receive. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's so visually gritty and striking. It was just Lee Weeks, man. Uh, per- per- perfect package of writing and and uh, illustration. Perfect package. The perfect package. This book should not exist. But I'm so happy it does because it's so damn good. It certainly has no right to be as good as it is. No, Thank exactly. you, Tom King, Lord and Savior Tom King. <laughs> uh, currently writing Mr. Miracle, which I'm <laughs> hearing good things about. We'll pick up and trade. Uh, 10 out of yep. 10. What do we read uh, again? Currently writing what, Brandon? That was really quiet. What? Oh, uh, Mr. Miracle. Oh, okay. The, mar- the miraculous Mr. Miracle. Um, speak up a little. Dark side is. So uh, that'll do it for the show this week, guys. Woo! Uh, thank you, Woo! Matt, for coming on. If you'd like to stick around, uh, stick around to the end of the show. Uh, Got some you can, plugs. You can do some. We can, you can listen to us do some plugs. Ooh, I love plugs. Yeah. Wait, no, oh, not no. that kind of plug, what Matt. Kind? Oh boy, <laughs> NC seventeen. Uh, real quickly. It's been a lot of fun, guys. Thank you. Yeah, no problem, man. Thank you. Uh, next week we're skipping the book club because we are doing Hydra Cap. Oh my God, guys! I'm so excited. Uh, we are doing uh, Captain America. Ben, you got a lot to read, buddy. Uh, bring it on, buddy. Bring you it have on. A, you have a lot Here's to read. Essential. Captain America, Steve Rogers, 1 through 25. You have to read Second Empire. Uh, I would recommend Civil War 2. The Oath. Just the, the Oath. You don't need to read Civil 1 War 2. 1 25? Bro, you've had a long time. We've, we've been planning this we've for weeks. We've been planning this for months. We've been telling this for a month. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I thought been... we just had to read Secret Empire. We, no. It's Hydra Cap, not Secret Empire. You. We're talking we about... The, uh, the 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 year long Captain America being we are talking dead. about oh, Captain America as a Hydra. So listen, re- oh, okay. at least read Civil War to the Oath and Secret Empire. Okay. At least, at least. No, I I will do my damnedest to get what's Captain America one through five or twenty five. One through twenty five. Yeah. Uh, one through five would be easy. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So much like we did with uh, Injustice, you know. Uh. Same thing. Uh, our Star Trek Nemesis commentary is up. We put that one up for the uh, 51st anniversary of Star Trek. And I did cut out what I was supposed to. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. You learned from Revenge of the Fallen. Well, you've got Revenge on the Fallen. Oh. Hate that movie so much. Uh, this one was a lot of fun. Uh, so ch- ch- check this one out. We used our new recording equipment Ooh, la, la. Uh, on this one. So please uh, tell us what you think. Like, comment, subscribe. <laughs> uh, anything else you guys want to plug coming up? Anything else? 
I was on a podcast. Did it? Was it? Was it? This yes, Wednesday? you were on a podcast this uh, Wednesday. I guys, I love Doctor Doom, so I got to be on interview with a comic book nerd with my friend Richard, uh, and I got to talk to Doctor Doom for like a whole hour. And uh, you guys know me; I like to ramble. He didn't really stop me, so it's basically me explaining <laughs> like sixty years of Doctor Doom. So you guys should listen to it because I had a lot of fun. Now we know why our episodes are so long. Exactly. Yeah. Can you imagine uh, just like no filter? It would just be like a twelve-hour podcast. Yeah. Please. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Go check that one out. It's interview with a comic book nerd. Yeah. Uh, it's me. I'm the nerd. It is on iTunes right now, uh, and right we'll be now. up for, on iTunes for the foreseeable future, for at least forever. Um, until next week, guys. As always, we'd like to say thank you to those who contribute with the show. Uh, thank you, Matt Ferrante, for coming yeah. on talking about Stephen King. He is our resident expert. Stephen King expert. Sorry, Ben. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks for giving me a platform for my crazy obsessions. I appreciate it, guys. No it problem. Is, we, we're obsessed with those other things, so it's nice to have someone else coming in. So it's all yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, I must, I must uh, do the disclaimer. Do not expect us to do a lot of horror movies. No. Because, <laughs> no. oh boy, <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot to take it. Uh, um, it took a lot out of me. Uh, but thank you as well to Jeremy Vellucci. Uh, Jeremy does our theme music and uh, is a frequent collaborator. He does Suburban Proctologist, which is a very funny show. Uh, but don't take our word for it. Take his. Take it away, Jeremy. If you are a human being between the ages of 2 and 99, congratulations! You are among one of the few species in the universe to function with conscious thought. That's a big responsibility. There's a lot of incredible things you can do with consciousness. You could read. You could fall in love. You could kill a man! But the best thing about being a conscious being is having the chance to experience wonderful adventures. And if you're interested in going on such an adventure without leaving the comfort of your own home, I invite you to find the Suburban Proctologist podcast on iTunes under comedy, or to go to www.suburbanproctologist.libsyn.com. And don't forget to subscribe. Now just a minute! You can't have a promo for Suburban Proctologist without mentioning me, the main character! What? I thought I was the main character. Isn't the audience following my narrative in the first episode? It's a fish out of water story. Well, you're a stupid fish! It's my name in the title! I always like to fancy myself as the main character, actually. Excuse me, this is a private building. Who let you in? Was it Carol? It was Carol, wasn't it? Yes, it was Carol. She's lovely. Yes, we vaporized her! Is this the thingy where you do the voiceovers? It's called a microphone. I'm sorry, did you say vaporize? Move over! Uh, people of Earth! I have commandeered your airwaves! Remember this voice! It belongs to your future ruler! Proctologist Nefarious! But you could just call me... Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, you can find his Instagram at jvjabberwock. Um, also, thank you to Louis Barreto. Louis uh, does our icon, uh, and it's pretty cool. We like our icon a lot. Yeah, Music for everything. Uh, you can find him at Lens for Eyes uh, on Instagram. I don't think he has a Twitter. I should probably ask though. Yeah, we'll find <laughs> out. We should probably ask. It's like, yo, do you have a Twitter? Uh, he is associated with any zine. He puts it on every uh, third Wednesday of the month. I've been yeah. saying this for, for months now. You think yeah. I get it. Um, <laughs> uh, every third Wednesday of the month, anyone is welcome to join. They meet at the Cal State Northridge Art Department, room 507 from 6 to 10, if you are in the greater Los Angeles area. If you are not, you can find them on social media, Instagram, any zine, E-N-I-Z-I-N-E, underscore C-S-U-N, that's CSUN, uh, Facebook, any zine, at CSUN, Email anyzine.csun at gmail.com. What is it, guys? What is it? Pegasus. Oh, wow. Well, that's <laughs> different. 
<laughs> it's just getting worse. It's a palindrome. It's a palindrome. Palindrome. It's, you all are just. Oh, it's a Pennywise. It's a Pennywise. <laughs> oh no! Nope, oh, nope. Nope. It's my fears come to life. Oh shit! That's pretty good. Uh, if you would like to get involved with us, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, Twitter.com slash fake nerd podcast instagram.com slash fake nerd podcast facebook.com slash fake nerd podcast i really remembered why i decided to condense all that fake nerd podcast <laughs> um fake nerd guys at gmail.com if you'd like to drop us a line we'd love to hear from you you can find me bt mcclure at instagram and twitter you can find ben ben magnet 27 for both ryan hey you can find me dj tony snark at everything including playstation network you can find me on destiny 2 i'm playing a lot of destiny 2 sparks uh sparks witty on twitter and instagram s-p-a-r-k-z witty Matt, do you have any social to, to plug? Um, sometimes if you scream my name really loud, I'll appear behind you and you wish I didn't. Oh, it's candy, man. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you mean we could have just done that? Oh, <laughs> uh, save the recording time. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, dang it. I just screwed his name. Where are well, you? you know. oh, it's it's like Beetlejuice. <laughs> Beetlejuice. <laughs> no, Michael That's Keaton's going to pop up. Um, hey, how's it going? Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and tune in. Uh, I just listened to us on Alexa. Uh, Alexa? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can. You have yeah. an Alexa? No, I do. Oh. Uh, real quick, though, if you're having a problem with our audio, please let us know because we're just trying <laughs> to figure this, all this out. We're all just, you know, fishing a stream, trying to figure things out, man. Yeah, man. Uh, stream. Drop, <laughs> us a, drop us a line, uh, rate and review the show wherever you get it. Five We'd stars. love to hear from you guys. Awesome. Um, we'd also accept four. I guess. Until next week, guys. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening. Hey, Elijah. Stay fake, nerds. Nope. I'm out. Good night, everybody. <laughs>